it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've actually watched The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Is it Rebecca De Mornay, right? Yeah, I forget how like intense it is. Like I know, obviously, the it's in the name, right? But like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, oh yeah, no, this is like full on. Um, I don't know, like Rosemary's Baby. You know, type. What happened to her? Actually, no, I know. I mean, Rebecca De Mornay. What happened to her? Tom yeah. Cruise happened to her. What do you mean? I mean, no. like she hasn't really been. Last thing she was in that I remember is uh, my friend. Uh, my friend Scott Milam, he wrote that movie Mother's Day. She was in that. And that's oh the last God, thing I know. Yeah, that's the last thing I know that she's been in. Yeah, she she had that little run in like, mm. remember she was like in Wedding Crashers as like yeah. the hot mom. Or yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. She had a little comeback, but I don't know. I mean, she's got to give, she's got to be up there though, right? Yeah, she's yeah. Got to be yeah. 60s, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, she, I mean, she's such a, like, I don't know, like, she's <laughs> the sexy icon of the 80s. Yeah, facts. Uh, okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and try and start this. This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton violence and destruction. that within every normal system, there exists an aberration, something different. This weird aberration society. Keep it as natural as possible, Gabriella. So I'll just start with the welcome back to uh, Mutual Aberration Society. Um, I'm Ryan Jackson. Um, and today uh, I have on a guest, Gabriella. Uh, what I like to do, actually, is let the guest give their own introduction. So uh, the mic is yours. Tell everyone who you are. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'm I'm one of the um, parlayers of fake news. Um, no, I, yeah, I'm a reporter. I, I, I cover um, consumer brands and retail. Um, and I'm typically for my day-to-day -day job, I don't really, you know, talk about or write about entertainment, which is why it makes it actually really fun for me to talk about movies um, and just like what's going on in that sphere, um, you know, during my off hours, especially on Twitter. So does that answer the question? It works. <laughs> yeah, we'll get uh, a right into it, but that's, that's yeah, so what I do. I decided to uh, have Gabriella on um, to talk about a movie, but also to talk about Gene Hackman at the same time. Thank you. Yeah. So, so because I know that me and you have a shared mutual admiration. Uh, I see what I did there uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for uh, Gene Hackman. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about, uh, the 1975 Arthur Penn-directed movie, Night Moves. Well, I think Harry would like me to leave. Well, I don't think that's necessary. I think Harry thinks it is. Harry thinks if you call him Harry one more time, he's going to make you eat that cat. Gene Hackman is Harry Mosby. Hello, Harry. In Night Moves. Well, come on, take a swing at me, Harry, the way Sam Spade would. He's a private investigator. My daughter, Delhi. Would you believe Delilah? Well, she's gone. How long gone? 
Two weeks. Go find her. Making a living. Well, let's say uh, 125 a day in legitimate expenses. From other people's lives. You can get cheaper. Can I get better? You're hired. Making a mess of his own. God, you're really prime, Ellen. You know that? I catch you screwing another guy and you attack my lifestyle! Your lifestyle has nothing to do with it! Night moves. It's a mystery. I'm looking for Deli Grasner. Deli isn't around here anymore. Where the suspects are also the victims. I want to know what I walked into. Ask your wife. Well, are we going to talk about it? I sure ball run with it. Where the questions. All right, what's it all about, Mosby? Is there still much uh, smuggling going on around here? The dogs have fleas. Where were you when Kennedy got shot? Have too many answers. <laughs> Where every clue is a lie. I've been listening to your ping pong talk long enough. What was in Marv Elman's plane? Drugs? Was it drugs? Night moves. Check. Check. Ah, oh, it's a beauty. It's a game where every player is a pawn. Harry Mosby, isn't it? Every move is a wrong one. <laughs> and the winner loses everything. I want to know what it's all about. I told you what it's all about. You, what the hell are you all about? You're asking the wrong question. Gene Hackman in Night Moves. What's your first experience with Night Moves? Since you are a Hackman head, a hackhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's your first time coming across this? And was this the first Gene Hackman movie? And what was your first Gene Hackman movie if this wasn't? Because I doubt this was. I don't think this was a lot of people's first Hackman. Yeah, gosh. You know, I don't know if I can even connect because he's just like one of those actors. Like he's he's so um prominent like across the classics that well you know at least from a certain era um it was definitely some something that was on cable a lot that I probably saw um a lot but no this was not my first um the first time I came across it I think it was yeah it was probably like on tv somewhere and like I didn't quite focus or watch it I actually just rewatched it very recently a couple weeks ago which maybe we were texting about. And so this is good yeah. timing because it's still fairly fresh. fresh. In my yeah. um, including the fact that it, it definitely has like, I don't know, it doesn't really have a real ending or it has so many endings, <laughs> which is maybe by design that like, I don't, I, you know, I was like, oh, I don't even remember it ending this way, you know? Um, so that I'm excited to talk about. Um, and then of course, you know, I, one of the first, things that stood out to me was the fact that it is um Melanie Griffin's right like yeah yes role or something she's like the controversial uh Melanie Griffith uh early role Griffith yeah yeah Um, I mean I guess that was like the Jodie Foster of her uh yeah yeah specifically because of her age and then obviously the full frontal nudity um Mm -hmm. at at such a young age that would definitely not fly Mm-hmm. uh today good that's good that's a good thing obviously yeah, <laughs> but um yeah watching this movie uh recently myself um it's interesting to know i noted sort of a lot of the cultural differences um being that this movie is 
you know, set in the time that it's shot, right? It's it's definitely of that contem- contemporary for the time. Um, and then that the way that contrasts with sort of the way movies are today, um, it's very uh, it's very st- it's a stark contrast to the type of movie um, that we see typically now. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's it it follows. You know what? I'll do I'll do what I usually do sometimes, which is. I pull up the letterbox synopsis. So I will go ahead and pull up the letterbox synopsis to read it because why not? It's a cheat code, right? So I will share my screen real quick here so I can see it. Okay, here it is. (laughs) Okay, so private detective and former football player Harry Mosby gets hired on to what seems a standard missing person case as a former Hollywood actress whose major, only major role came thanks to being married to a studio mogul wants Mosby to find and return her daughter. Harry travels to Florida to find her, but he begins to see a connection between the runaway girl, the world of Hollywood stuntmen, and a suspicious mechanic when an unsolved murder comes to light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a fairly... It's a fairly uh, decent synopsis. It definitely hits all of the uh, sort of uh, main broad points of what happens in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I did notice uh, that this movie feels a lot like uh, a detective novel, and it definitely mm-hmm. it definitely borrows from that that whole structure. Like Harry Mosby is this uh, former you know former athlete which is a which is a trope of this sort of kind of thing like uh, a guy who becomes a detective after he has a falls from grace or mm-hmm. is no longer you know uh in 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 favor necessarily uh Marshall Walker yes yeah yeah <laughs> and and um it's very interesting because I feel like well it's interesting for a lot of reasons but one of the main reasons I find this so compelling is just hackman as a presence right like i don't know we've probably talked about this before but like they don't you don't have leading men like him now like can you name a can you name right an actor working today who who is even comparable to sort of a figure like hackman on screen i'm i'm really racking my brain to think of any an american lead male actor in this sort of mold when you say mold are we talking like looks or gravitas or what i'm talking about the whole combination i mean this kind of guy um not only his look but also his the the type of masculinity that Mm. sort of hackman exudes uh on screen like i don't see that anymore like i don't i mean it's not to say that it doesn't exist it's it it probably does but it no longer exists on screen i would say in for a fact it does i know i know guys like this (laughs) you know what i'm saying they don't typically go into acting but i know Mm -hmm. guys like this (laughs) yeah maybe i don't know did it move to tv because i could see like i don't know the closest maybe we have currently on tv somebody like Brian Cox in Succession or something, you know. No, as but far he, as again, he's like, not American. Well, okay, fair, but you know, we're he's also a- ancient. Hackman's not old in this either. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, this is yeah. where we're gonna get into the hackman. <laughs> I think the looks, as much as we joke around about it, mm. is such a big part of why mm. his persona or just his presence on screen is so overwhelming, <laughs> and not in like a oh my gosh, like I'm getting hot way, but I mean that too. But because he's not <laughs> conventionally handsome, right? Like he's right, right. Very rugged. He's got mm. the like, you know, like the facial scars and like the mustache in this specifically, or just a lot of his seven. I mean, let's focus, let's say on the seventies era. Right. right. Um, when you watch those movies, you know, the conversation, um, French connection, all that it, he's not necessarily sexy, but like, there's something about the way he's carrying himself. I mean, mm. it's this, it's literally the cockiness and the masculine, the to- toxic masculinity that maybe is what's <laughs> like, you, yeah, it's true. We don't really see that. And so I wonder if that's part of why, like, or, you know, as somebody who, you know, I, I feel like I constantly complain about this, but as somebody who's always trying to watch contemporary film or television, it's like, oh God, okay, everything is wokeified. Everything has to be, you know, um, they have to cover all their bases. Anytime a man on screen says anything, you know, moderately controversial. Mm. Meanwhile, this guy's like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a couple lines that he says where I was like, doesn't it open with him just sexually, just like fondling some tits on screen? And I was like, okay, let's drop it. Yeah, just- he goes, <laughs> yeah, it opens with him going to visit his wife at her job and she's on yeah. the phone and he walks Casual. in the back and he literally covers her her eyes with one hand and then his hand like slides his hand down her shirt and, and the way he did it, does it i'm like this is i mean this is acting don't get me wrong but it's mm-hmm. like there's something where it's like okay i could kind of see somebody like from that era in hackman's shoes like that it's so natural the way like yeah. to the 70s era where it's like yeah no that doesn't if it happens today it's like a oh that's like a slimy characteristic of this you know what I mean? It's yeah, almost like yeah, normal. yeah. That's the social norms of change for sure. Right. <laughs> and and that's a problem that I like. You just mentioned like the whole wokeify thing. Like like they will make movies set in this era, but they will mm-hmm. rarely depict them accurately. Now they will try and they they and they it's presentism, right? Where where they try to make everything sort of adhere to the social norms and standards that exist in 2022, mm-hmm. uh, even though the movie set in 1975. Like mm-hmm. we we see that all the time. I feel like that's a big pushback. Uh, one of the big reasons of the many reasons, and I know you've watched this movie um, and you probably don't feel the same way I do about this movie, but uh, I feel like a lot of the pushback for Blonde was because it didn't adhere to that. Like uh, from from not from you or, or, or specifically, but I feel like the 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 loudest people in the discourse right now, um, mm-hmm. some of the the most some of its most adamant critics are highlighting things about it specifically. Uh, yeah in that regard like it's 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 because they they're upset that it's not doing that that it's not sort of rewriting right. history so that it's palatable for today's audiences and it's like as an adult <laughs> i don't understand that i will never understand that yeah. you know what i well, mean yeah i agree i mean i don't like i didn't like blonde for different reasons not because of that i don't have a problem with you know anna de armis having I know you don't like her her within 24 minutes no it's not that um I think for me it was also like a lot of it is the it's it's the Joyce Carol Oates of it that I'm 
but I, oh, you, I know, don't. you got you got you got Joyce Carol Oates smoke. Well, <laughs> smoke for her. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, like I could tell she just she hated Marilyn Monroe, right? Because why else would you rewrite this woman's life to fit your narrative? I mean, that's been proven at this point. So that's kind of my mm. issue that because, you know, I was talking to if you want to talk sidebar about blonde, but of course, yeah. Um, so I think a good example of I could have seen, and I think Paul Schrader posted this on Facebook, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not Marilyn. I remember you said that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I think the movie does, would have worked if it was exactly the same, but it wasn't about Marilyn Monroe. Like, maybe he could have just obfuscated, like, oh, it's just like a 50s starlet. And he could have just, like, you know, created a composite of a bunch of different women. That would have worked better. Here's my, here's, here's, here's my, here's my uh, retort. Here's okay. my retort for Paul Schrader and you right here. Uh, I will say this. The 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 notion that the Andrew Dominic stands are out to get me. I'm definitely I'm an Andrew Dominic stand Loki. Uh uh, but uh <laughs> made what dis- two and a half movies? Okay. Full disclosure. No, no, I like I've liked every movie he's done, like full disclosure. Uh but but um I will say this, right? The I the notion that it's not Marilyn Monroe. I would say that for that movie and for depictions of Marilyn Monroe, uh, I will simply push back with the idea that Marilyn Monroe was in and of in and of herself a creation. So every time you saw Marilyn Monroe, right? Every time you saw her on screen, every time you saw her in person, it was Norma Jean mm-hmm. playing Marilyn Monroe. And then in movies, what you saw was Norma Jean playing Marilyn Monroe, playing another character. You know what I mean? So like when it comes to when it comes to this idea of like it wasn't Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe wasn't Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, but I think there's at some point when you're, you know, depicting literal multiple abortions and miscarriages. And this is why and this is why you kind of lose the plot for me personally. Yeah, but again, I mean, this is why it was it was not it was not considered a a, a, right, right. Uh, what do you call it? A autobiography. I mean, a, not an autobiography, but a biography. But we've or... seen this done well. I mean, like the fictionalization, mm-hmm. um, you know, Spencer just last year, I thought did was a well done version of that where it's it's an interior monologue of the person. We don't obviously we don't know that Diana actually yeah. was going through that. But I think in this case, to me, it just kind of, there was a couple instances I was with it in some, I think that's also the other thing. It could have been maybe like 20 minutes shorter, but it does kind of jump the shark in some instances, but I did like the neorealism. I like the sort of, mm-hmm. you know, and I liked, I liked that it was for me. Right. And for me, and we'll get, I swear we'll get back on the night moves. In no, the but I wanted to make one more point about um, it's not so much like the, you know, the explicitness or the sort of like provocative, you know, sexuality that I had a problem with, I guess it was more so like these sort of very vulnerable, at least as a woman, you know, moments in this woman's life. But no, I think like I I say, um, you know what I, I, who I would have liked to, um, and I, I was talking to a friend about, there were some instances in Blonde where I could tell Andrew Dominic maybe just watched a Pedro Almodovar movie because it reminded me of some of those shots in Talk to Her, um, mm-hmm. like the vagina. I don't know if you 
seen that recently, but there's a lot of like, just sort of, you know, allegories for a woman's, you know, mm -hmm. private parts kind of, you know, being reflective of her world. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see this, but I think just the, the execution maybe didn't work for me in this case, but yeah, I, I would have liked a little bit more either go full on with the artsiness or just like, like, I think this had a problem kind of toggling those two. I think that, and again, this is just a taste thing, right? Right. So, yeah. But in this again, story, yeah, this is just my, you know, right. I, I, I feel like he, for me, the toggling back and forth worked because there's a, there's a version of this. There's two, there's different versions of this movie. Right. And there's a version where it's, completely like dirty right mm -hmm. and there's a version that's too artful mm -hmm. and I feel like Dominique was aware of that and so therefore he's tried to strike this balance of it being artful yet also being a story about exploitation and exploring exploitation you know what I'm yeah. saying specifically exploitation of, of of women but this specific woman of that time and and how that sort of and in a way it's a comment on today without yeah. being without using presentism you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. it's a comment on sort of 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 we live in a post me too era a post me too hollywood um and sort of this is a reflection upon that without directly doing the thing that they do so commonly now which is you know making the subtext text um are tying in things from now in an era where those things don't actually apply or because it's 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 just different times but different times can speak to now, you know, and just presenting them as they were, you know what I mean? Because that era preceded the, this era. So, so for me, that's why it worked. But again, night moves. <laughs> night moves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's going to be kind of hard to focus just because it, 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 it does touch on all of these themes mm -hmm. of what's, you know, I mean, another, gosh, sorry to bring another example, but it's been on my mind just because I just saw it. But mm -hmm. um, I think this is happening right now with something like Tar, um, which, and I'm not sure if you probably not, right? You haven't seen it, but I think you'll like it. I mean, I don't know. I, I love Todd Field, but <laughs> um, I think um, the, like all of the reviews or just all of the early, you know, the whatever, the, I think Venice or just like festival buzz that was coming out was oh my gosh this is about cancel culture like that was the shorthand and I was like really I don't know I don't that's not really like what any of the trailers or the the or the just the tone or the look of the movie looks like and guess what I watched it and it's really not about you know actual cancel culture that's just like the buzzy headline that comes out of these reviews and so I wonder if it's like a criticism issue right now where people don't I mean it's a character study where of course the she you know Tara ends up saying something that ends up being misconstrued and but that's only one tiny piece of this person's you know artistic personality and like very schizophrenic you know way of interacting with people and so but no the critics took it away as like oh Todd Field is doing commentary on today's artists like separating the art from the artists and I, like it's funny to me how that's still distilled even in like modern contemporary movies set in 2022 do you know what I mean yeah I said this on the on uh well, it wasn't my last podcast but the, the episode before last uh that that criticism is a dead thing you know what I mean like um yeah. and I do think you're right when you say that it's a problem more with critics as opposed to sort of films or audiences necessarily 
it, I think that it's because we do not have sort of okay, we have a few critics from that that, that are sort of critics in this sort of classical sense, right? Uh, like you still have like Armand Not White. entertainment writers. Who yeah, you write. have like guys like Armand White still, um, whether you agree with him on shit or not, he still kind of fits in that mold, right? Where he's kind of like a hearkening back to critics like Pauline Kael and, you know, uh, people of that sort of ilk. People right? have a point of view. You know, Yeah, people with their own sort of point of view uh, and as, as opposed to now where all of these critics uh, do the thing that... Um, well, they want to be fans. That's the whole issue. Exactly. But they also <laughs> they also want to be. And I know you probably experienced this in your own sort of uh, Especially on the TV side. I think with film, it's maybe a little still a little bit more. But here's the thing, though, it's it's, it's because it's, of the way film screenings work. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. No. But even in film, because most because now there's such an overlap with film and TV now mm-hmm. like that, it's like in everyone in these at doing these jobs was always auditioning for the potential next job mm-hmm. in the next thing fe- you know most of these people writing as critics would love to write on a tv show or get staffed and they would love to do a movie and they would love to be the, the multi-hyphenate we live in that era right jack of all trades master of none but really these people are masters of nothing jack of nothing you know what i mean <laughs> like like you know for the most part but like we live in clout a clout culture you know clout is very important so like there's no longer a uh at least it feels this way that there's no longer people taking pride in the idea of being an expert in one thing or being a skill having a specific skill set you know like like take it you have a specific set of skills you know what i mean a lot of it also has to do with the the way the industry works um Mm -hmm. unfortunately there just aren't you know, somebody who works in media, like there's just not that many open roles. No one's hiring for full-time critic, you know, yeah. your only job yeah. solely is to go to movies and, you know, review them. And so um, those are kind of, you know, still sort of, you know, pretty, pretty hard, hard to come by, you know, and like you do, they're kind of, they're still mostly actually either white men or just very exclusive um, types of, I don't know just mass heads, um, especially on the print side. But that said, night moves. Um, <laughs> sorry, I could see us. I could talk about that topic all day. But I mean, I do want listen, this podcast is this podcast is built for that. It's built for tangents. Yes. It's built for rants. I just go wherever it goes. I've had podcasts where we did beat by beat whole movies. Mm. I've done podcasts where we talked about the movie maybe five seconds. So it's all it, either well, way. Well, the reason, yeah, the reason I want to is because... <laughs> So I was trying to find um, some maybe contemporary, uh, speaking of reviews, actually, that's that's what I was going to mention is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, contemporary reviews. And this movie had, I think, mixed reviews at the time, from what I recall, but let me double check, mm-hmm. um, especially because I guess it was promoted or categorized as a neo-noir, which, right, if I like, I don't know, you probably have more to say about this, but was that sort of like an era where that was being revitalized, you know, as a genre, especially in like the detective and um, thrillers and all that? I mean, from from my sense of it, um, I feel like this was probably the era where this feels like an attempt 
maybe not revitalized, but this kind of feels like it definitely feels like an attempt to sort of uh, do a contemporary version of, of, of movies, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like maybe the long goodbye or, or not even that. Cause that's, that's about the same time. I'm thinking what's the other Chandler, the big sleep, you know what I mean? Like that, that type, that type of detective story that like Hollywood started to tell, you know, um, again, based on the sort of detective novels, cause, cause, cause night moves follows night moves. Isn't based on any, any novel. No, um, I think it's, it's, really it's not, but it definitely mirrors that. Story. I literally, I, that's the thing I was yeah. watching it. I could have sworn it was based on. It feels like it. it right novel. It, yeah it feels like that and that's what i mean it literally feels like it's based on one of those novels and it's yeah. clearly drawing from those sort of influences airport. today what we consider airport thrillers is what, what i was kind of thinking. yeah yeah that's true i will say this i don't know because because as as a big as a big crime i'm a big crime fiction mm -hmm. guy airport thrillers and sort of noir there's some overlap there and there are some airport thrillers that kind of fall in, under that umbrella. Uh, but to me, like a lot of these stories, they just have a little bit more edge and grit to them. You know, that, that being said, I'm sure that there's, there's some, there's some. Uh... So, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the look mm -hmm. of this movie, which I think to me really maybe is what, sets it apart like I could have I could see a more glossy version of this movie right because mm -hmm. for I mean it's not an end right it's not an indie or anything I mean this was like it's mm -hmm. funny to think like this is just like a normal yeah this, this is Warner, Warner Brothers Warner. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. Our, yeah it's uh Arthur Penn who did mm -hmm. Bonnie and Clyde and so um it's funny just like how and I'm not talking about like just literally the look of you know the camera work and I mean that too is just Mm -hmm. so interesting to me every time I saw a shot I was like oh I wonder why he's shooting the sex scene this way it's so uncomfortable right um <laughs> the way yeah just like even the it like the interior scenes are so claustrophobic um especially in Florida like you could it, it's very sweaty you could feel the humidity yeah uh, on some of the characters and so I was curious to hear your thoughts but I thought that really I mean, the plot, the plot is a little convoluted. Let's, let's face it. Right. Yeah, like, it, It's definitely there's so much going on, but I was like, that's yeah. not really, I was at some point, I was like, I literally lost the plot, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing about the, these type of detective stories. It's like really it, like a Ch Raymond Chandler, who, who's kind of the, the, the godfather of all yeah. of these, not only that, that kind of story, but the films that are, are versions of that. Right. Like it's really not about the plot. Sometimes when you read some of those Chandler books, you, you, you piece them back together. You're like, that doesn't even, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, because you know? not to jump ahead, but by the time he goes back to California, I'm like, wait, what? Like, and then there's again, yeah, like I mentioned, there's like multiple endings. Every yeah, time it I ends like four or five end. times. <laughs> yeah, and I know that's a very classic trope, right? In these right, right, yeah, detective um, movies. Um, speaking but, of some of it, I don't know why, but like the that sort of multiple, and maybe it's just like me, my brain going to Gene Hackman. But to answer your one of your original questions earlier I probably the first thing I really saw him it was probably honestly the firm just because that was always on like TNT or whatever growing up I was like this guy just like grabs you right even when I was like 10 11 years old like you just like Tom Cruise you know the rest of the, the cast aside it's like anytime he's on screen he just literally would like scare the shit out of me like you just know something bad is about to happen and so 
that yeah. so part of that movie's ending also has to do you know of course like the sort of double ending or the like the detour we take is part of that but I wonder if you like maybe do you think he was cast based on like the fact that he the audience knows him as like a you know this like 70s neo-noir character where like you just know anytime he's on screen like he he's like he's so ambiguously bad and good and not yeah well a few things a few things well first even when I ask you that question I have to rack my brain about what's the first movie (laughs) that I've ever seen him in because he's always been there you know what I mean? Like, that's what it feels like. He feels it like, is one like of those... strides and effect. Like, I don't even, yeah, it's like, yeah. was I there or was Gene Hackman in the movie? I don't know. And as, as, as far as um, trying to figure like what the rationale uh, of the time when it comes to why they cast Hackman, I'm, it's, it's, that's an interesting question. I don't, or just I'm... like in g- his general modern roles. I know like even something like, mm-hmm. um, bonds like they they really wanted to play on the fact that the like he's this like grumpy older character he's essentially a character actor right right but you know you gotta remember yeah you gotta remember hackman is all he he you're right he's like a he's like a presence in a in a face that everyone knows for sure and i i I think to like all the roles that he's been in sort of later right like when you think about like yeah those for, resurgence right yeah, that. remember like unforgiven obviously you know um and he had him in unforgiven um crimson tide mm-hmm. like these are the things that like really stand out to me um about hackman it's sort of like usually these antagonist roles right yeah um that's what i like about sort of a lot of the earlier hackman movies or the younger era hackman is that he's not always the bad guy like obviously yeah. night moves, he's not a bad guy. You know what I mean? Um, and I've always kind of liked like even even a later movie like Heist. Well, he's right? not a bad guy, but he's not necessarily a good guy either. A detective, which is I think what maybe we gravitate. Like today it's like, oh, like the detective has to be well, either that or we have we've moved into like the that's why I was mentioning TV, like the mm. anti-hero almost. Like I feel like if Gene Hackman was born 50 years later, that he would be playing yeah maybe characters like you know sopranos or uh whatever the breaking bad guy like it's just so funny to me that um that this was the norm that was the standard is that these guys that are supposed to be solving the crimes are actually like the fact that we see his interior or just his actual personal life deteriorating on on the other side of the country while he's trying to do this is it's showing him as like imperfect which i think is maybe what works and the, his performance like he pulls it off right like I don't know if any a lot of other actors could because I'm like this guy's kind of a douchebag like he sucks <laughs> right his wife hates him but like yeah. he obviously but, cares enough about this case that he's willing to right his wife like, hates him but also like I kind of don't like his wife <laughs> oh well, yeah no they both suck they I mean, both I suck yeah honestly yeah. I don't really like anyone in this movie <laughs> like everyone in this movie is kind of annoyed not annoying like there's something where it's like, why are you doing this? I don't know. It's um, not, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, you know, like the Paula character, the Jennifer Warren. I mean, what is like the, oh wait, who's the, um, now I'm like confused. Who plays um, Melanie Griffiths? Like the one who basically hires him. Oh, her mom? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's the name of the actress? Uh, the the she play the actress who plays a a a, 
an an eld an elder <laughs> an she's elder actor. an actress right well that's yeah, the other yeah. thing i love how this we're gonna get into this but this movie essentially is set in hollywood right like yes yeah and it's kind of like it's funny because i was reading that uh also all of the things with stuntmen which i don't i don't i think i need to rewatch because i never quite understood how that fits <laughs> with you know it's almost like our friends like well i don't know it's like did this lead that has anyone made the connection between this and once upon a time in hollywood because directors are obsessed with portraying like the career the stuntmen of these uh of this i do era. i, I do think you know i do think that they're they're uh specific directors you know obviously tarantino falls under this category i do feel like there is an obsession with certain directors about the st the stuntmen of that time um because they, they were kind of like wild people like you really yeah. think you know what I mean? Like I don't again, you talk about something that no longer really exists. Right. Like like th the way it did. Like I feel like that whole stuntman culture. Well, now it's like there's professional trained. Yeah, yeah. Athletes. And plus you have a lot of a lot of a lot of CGI and 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 mm -hmm. a lot of like compositing effects that actually help sort of like there's not a lot of practical um stunts. Mm. I mean, sure, there's still practical stunts that happen on, on sets and on movies but not to the degree where it used to be because they just didn't have or the like option. literally risking your life yeah 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 yeah, yeah. now they're like we can't you know now there's a little bit more sanity about that where it's like we can't just have people try well, I mean, yeah of course safety. <laughs> you know, good, but, I, once again this is a good thing but it's funny that like yeah. especially because this era right like there, we're coming out of the like sort of studio system and you can kind of see that you know grittiness in the even just the sets that they're mm -hmm. you know showing that he's kind of just walking in and out of um for some reason <laughs> again i don't <laughs> quite remember and then the fact that um yeah the the actress she's sort of isn't it like she's not really successful right she's just sort of like married to like there's yeah, so yeah, many, yeah. So many yeah. like little like she's essentially a nepotism wife or who just got yeah and, and it's weird because like that scene is very interesting for a lot of reasons like because he... i wonder why arthur penn wanted to i feel like there's probably a reason he he, he probably wanted to make a comment on this because he was sort of implemental <laughs> right like he he was uh instrumental in the sort of new wave of uh that set of directors like coming out of that era for sure. I, he definitely has. I'm positive he had a, an opinion and a perspective on on that for sure. And I think some of that comes out in that scene. But what's interesting to me about that scene is sort of like I was watching it and I was just thinking about like. Like this woman. Is like. Can, can she not like she's like socially like inept. Like she, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the Every social, she can't read social cues, <laughs> right? It's very. That's why I was so uncomfortable. I'm like, what? Mm. Like this is. I feel like I shouldn't be in this room. Like this is right. So and I feel like uh, Mosby Hackman's character. I feel like Mo he doesn't want to be in this room. He's like, he's like trying to like. I'm here to get this case, but this woman is. Yeah, he's a detective for hire. Yeah, he yeah. But... He's like, can we get to the point? Where's your goddamn daughter? And she's like offering him all of this like unsolicited information that he really doesn't care about you know she's like i'm a i married once you know and i gotta like she's talking about her former husband and then then how this she is where i could see yeah i think i think they were gonna cast um faye dunaway which makes sense mm -hmm. um coming off of bonnie and clyde yeah yeah um, I could see her in this role but yeah there's this like it plays into those tropes like i feel like i've seen like 
general and play this type of like just sort of like pilled out like drunk wife who just wants to tell anyone her life story and yeah and that's a real that is a real that's a real person like I've been oh 100 I've encountered that but like he's like okay but like your daughter's missing we need like time is of the essence (laughs) right like her is like in a swamp like it's interesting because well, movie, let me tell you about my first husband. Yeah, but the movie does that in a very clever kind of way because it is definitely mm-hmm. a way that they can put hide the exposition, right? Like mm-hmm. they can hide the exposition in her. Yeah, it table sets very well. Right. And then and then like when he's following, like when he's like about to pick his well, he, he wants to go pick his wife up from the theater. This is when he early on when he discovers that his wife is having an affair, mm-hmm. right? Like you're getting a lot of information of over uh it's like via him listening to a recording you know a recording about because he's looking he's trying to get the details of the case and then you overhear more information about like oh like she wants to find her daughter because her ex-husband basically has given everything to her and like she gets it all at 25 but like the wife gets no money, yeah. you know, if, if anything happened, you know what I mean? So like yeah. you start to, you get, so there's the old... no stakes. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. Of why I mean, she, first of all, it's like, she's her mother. So I'm sure she wants to find her or at least we, we like to think, although I don't know, there are some instances where, and he kind of, you feel it through his, mm-hmm. through Mosby, right? It's like, wait, like, is he being fucked with? Like, is, is this woman, you know, unstable? Like, do we, is there even a daughter? Like, I don't, at some point I was like, I think the first time I watched it, cause she doesn't come on screen till probably like halfway. Right. Like I yeah, just kept, yeah. like I knew Melanie Griffith is in this and I was like, Oh, she's so young. I want to see it. And um, you, you kind of don't know. It's very much like she, Paula is the unreliable narrator in this case. And because she's so, you know, erratic, like we also don't know who to believe or whether like he's, Mosby is wasting his time flying to, you know, Florida, like the middle of nowhere or the Keys or the swamps or whatever. Um, and then, of course, that's where I feel like that's really where the movie takes off or ramps up. Right. Yeah, it becomes a different it becomes a different movie. It becomes the paper boy, basically. Well, <laughs> the paper boy, the Lee Daniels movie. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I always just think anytime like a movie, now it's like I can't unsee it. Anytime a movie is set in like I, that Florida, I'm like, oh, it's Nicole Kidman's peeing on someone. To see, I've heard that. I've never watched it because I have this thing about I won't subject myself yeah. to Lee Daniels movies anymore. I know, but this one I will say this one is just very different than any any other. Yeah, but I know what you mean. But like, here's the thing though. What's interesting about this and having some being sort of someone who reads a lot of this type of. Mm-hmm fiction right is that it turns it goes from like a sort of chandler-esque la detective to, to a sort of uh charles williford florida set detective yeah thing and there's such a contrast right yeah. and i think that's intentional i think that they, that that's again because they're mirroring the, that sort of structure it, it they're probably mm-hmm. like yeah let's just do both let's just do an la in a yeah. florida sort of detective even show. the colors you know, yeah it start, switches you yeah it's like so, it's like burnt sunburnt it feels like that yeah Let's, because yeah they're and, both like these hot you know mm-hmm. whatever i mean in one case it's like the desert in the other case it's just like humid tropical air but like mm. once again i feel like i like the sort of you know contrast between he's always you know in these like disgusting like sweaty situations but in like a very different like in one case it's like the hollywood set mm-hmm. or you know some like 
Beverly Hills mansion. And then the other, it's just like, here's the thing. Literal this, houseboat. Here's what I noticed about the aesthetics, right? Of the two. Yeah. Like LA is dry. Yeah. And then when they, everything in Florida is, is humid. Like it's like yeah. a, it's literally, you feel like a, you're in a swamp when you're in the, all, all the floor, all of the Florida shit feels like you're in, in yeah. the middle of a swamp. And then everything in LA just feels like you're in dry, you know, desert. Like it, I, I, that's definitely an intentional, uh, choice obviously but and even just the i mean if we want to talk you want to talk a little bit about i know we're not really describing the movie but like it doesn't matter (laughs) if people want to frame by frame like go watch it it's on hbo right now um but you and it's night it's like under 100 minutes literally the Mm. perfect length Uh, (laughs) but if you do you want to talk a little bit about like this almost like community or ecosystem that he discovers in florida and like trying to piece together why this girl even ended up there i personally don't quite understand it to this day but oh. can you talk a little bit about that yeah because one we understand that it's he uh, she goes where her step her to see her stepfather right and yeah red flag already. red flag right there right but we get the sense that well we know just based on sort of you know, a uh, limited sort of uh, evidence <laughs> has been presented to us that her mom is not the best, probably the best yeah. uh, caretaker <laughs> for her daughter. Uh, and you kind of get the sense that from her own mouth that like, oh, this is a woman who's in and out of relationships and her daughter sort of uh, been left with these sort of bad men in a way um, to be mm-hmm. father figures. And her stepfather is one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but he's the one that's sort of probably in her sort of uh, dysfunctional world, like he represents safety, which is kind of fucked up when you really think about it, because it's like this is a man who literally uh, has sex with her. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not. It's not shown, but it's basically confirmed, you know what I mean, that like he's sleeping with his stepdaughter. Because he's divorced is you know what I mean? Like they're not the, the the divorce situation isn't is it complete? I don't even remember. Is the divorce confinal yet or or I don't it, know if they ever mentioned it, no. I yeah, I'm not quite certain about that. But strange. but another but an interesting yeah. aspect is that like when 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 Mosby gets there, right? Um not only are you introduced to, to Melanie Griffith's character, but you're introduced to I don't know if you want to call her uh his his girlfriend like it's very weird it's yeah, like they have this weird I don't quite understand. <laughs> that's why I was calling it a community because I feel like that's something that people yeah move to the keys and just like yeah. live on a houseboat and I I don't know are they all like having sex with each other um you're talking about our Ar- Arlene yeah Arlene yeah who has a so very she's like they're like basically just always day drinking essentially is what I got the vibe. Yeah. And he's like, you know, he's very like Arlene knows that her, her, her partner, her, whatever her dude. She has kind of like this. Yeah. Like they have, you get a sense that there's an understanding that these people have that Mm -hmm. most B walks into, which, you know, very 70s but also kind of modern <laughs> you know like we yeah, don't know and, and obviously I even mean, though most... a 16 year old situation I mean that's clearly the non you know the pedophilia or whatever you want to call it or the non-consensual I mean, technically part, that's not that's something else right like... that's that's called something else right there's another name for it when it's when, when it's a teenager and I forget the name of it oh gosh I don't know but they call um, it pedophilia it's pedophilia when it's a 
below a teenager and then it's something else it's still fucked up but i forget the name specifically yeah because i mean and that's the other part where i'm like well okay so are we because she's not is she 16 she's yes, 16 right? yeah, yeah so like are we are we to believe and they don't really come i mean this is what i mean it's like so weird because even for its time like it's mm-hmm. not trying to say that this is okay or normal right it's clearly it's it's clearly like exploring that 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 idea of like okay but she's not that age where it's like well okay so 16 i guess is like probably the age of consent Consent, probably then especially in florida like it's probably that in florida now who knows oh yeah i think it it still is in a lot of states especially if parties are like within a couple years of each other but clearly this is i think especially because he's her stepfather it's like just not okay from a lot of different yeah it's definitely some he's definitely in his woody allen bag for sure (laughs) okay well okay so literally but then Uh, the paula character it's like okay so what did what is she sort of getting out of this? Which, exactly. That's a, that's what I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. She seemed like on the surface happy with it, but then you also get a sense, at least in the performance, the last time I was watching it is that she is a little uncomfortable, especially when Mosby shows up. It's like, yeah, what are we doing here? Like her performance is, is, is when she starts dancing, I was like, this is so weird, but I like it. Her performance is goaded. Like I'm going to be real with you. Like she is like kind of steals this movie. Um, for me at, at least, least yeah that that act. Yeah. 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 Well, all the, every scene that she's in, I feel like she kind of steals it because first of all, there, it's not only the way she plays you know, and gives her performance, but it's also sort of like she has this look, right? And it's like, it's a weathered look. It's exactly what I picture someone. Someone down in Florida, like living down- In that era. Right, but it's so, it's it's like this weathered look, but it's not like weathered in a way where you, where it's like repulsive or anything, right? It's like what the Japanese- middle-aged right but here's what the japanese describe as what they call wabasabi right is that as i'm saying it right wabasabi like they describe like items that you own like that like look that have like that look like they've been used like they have a wornness to them it's like items with wabasabi like like it's like when you go into someone's house and everything is pristine and immaculate looks like it's never been used and it's like there's something like about that that's like not okay but then like items that have that sort of like oh a person own this thing and they've used it well she kind of has that like look like her life like I, she's yeah. lived a life you know what i mean like it's it's, it's character. See, yeah. yeah and this is definitely a 70s thing but you could see i think the most like aesthetically you know accurate maybe part of the costuming and the makeup and everything is um the like the sunburn like you could tell she's been in the sun without sunscreen yeah yeah for that, yeah 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 and what's interesting because about that she's got the spot she's got like the exact area where you would be you know just that weathered like leathery look yeah and here's the thing though and and, and 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 this is something that i noticed like i feel like that's like like she's still an attractive woman like she's still oh, yeah she's still and it's like it's a woman of a certain age right and where women used to age and like embrace it yeah. like as opposed before to before we took care of our before we started doing madonna stuff like look at madonna now you know what i'm saying let's bring up madge or whatever she wants to call herself like uh, 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 she doesn't even look like a human being anymore her face is so filled with all sorts of fillers and like you know 
and and then you look at like women of the past era where it's like there's something like even men like obviously men and women age differently right and men are typically they, they it's it, the 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 rule of thumb or the common held uh belief yeah. which you know i don't necessarily think it's necessarily yeah. true it's a generalization but this idea that men age gracefully you know or whatever and i'm like yeah it depends it depends on the guy because i've yeah. seen some men who really look horrible um but uh but men don't have that sort of cultural uh pressure to sort of be sort of the objectification of men is nowhere near the level of the way society objectifies women right so like sort of the beauty standards that, that women are upheld to are far different far more you know like men are the expectation just culturally isn't that men need to do that so therefore women are held to this different sort of societal standard so like i'm aware of that but it's just very interesting to see sort of like before the all the the sort of enhancement era came to be right like there's something refreshing about seeing everyone in the movie just everyone just sort of kind of like yeah they have makeup and it's a movie like they're putting makeup on but like right. you can tell like these people just sort of like became what they became <laughs> yeah, my opposed- friend calls it um mm-hmm. this was the last era or maybe the 80s when everybody actors still had their original teeth yeah 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 they have their original yeah, teeth really like they're not getting botox they have their their original lips <laughs> like whatever that comes to you know what i mean like um if you did something, if you did something to sort of uh, change a look, it's more li- it more likely had to do with sort of like maybe like health choices. Like maybe you maybe you did a uh, maybe you became a vegetarian. Maybe you started lifting weights, whatever. But outside of that, it really wasn't. Maybe you dyed your hair. <laughs> you know, that was it. Now it's like there's all sorts of things you can go get a BBL in in Brazil. <laughs> you can. You could get liposuction like Kanye. <laughs> you could do all kinds of things. Men, women, both. I mean, look at Mickey Rourke. I mean, Mickey Rourke, look at yeah. look at what he's done to himself. That's uh, the botched version of yeah. 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 Compared to like, I think you could argue like somebody like Brad Pitt has probably done very good subtle work. You know, yeah, for sure. Brad Pitt has definitely done subtle work. Oh definitely. Yeah. 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 There's but, also yeah. a lot of like even non like now there's just like a lot of non-surgical things that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, per, I mean, you know, I get microdermabrasia every mm-hmm. month, and that's but here's the thing a, though: like, surface a, right. polishing you, of your skin. That literally, if you could afford all these treatments, uh, which celebrities can right. on a regular basis, you're just gonna naturally age better. I mean, that's just that's science, true. right? And, and honestly, the expectation again uh, when it comes to men is like for men, it's it's someone like Brad Pitt, for example, who, who can afford to have, you know, whatever work he wants done. Um, the expectation is sort of like for men to not look like they've got anything done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, the, yeah. I mean, so, I think it's like, ideally we want everyone to age like George Clooney, but not everybody's right. Right. So his goal, his, his probably goal is to make it look like I didn't have anything as natural. Yeah. As yeah. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. So I can turn like slowly turn into like Robert Redford. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, um, I think that's a big part of it's so funny because every time I watch a June Hackman movie, that's not like that doesn't span like very different eras, but basically mm-hmm. like he does generally look the same throughout those couple decades up until the nineties. He looks the same. And until then he suddenly he's like grandpa. Like he just, it's, he's almost perpetually always 45 years old looking, yeah. you know? Yeah. And everything until basically probably the, yeah, probably like, I don't know, around the 90s once he does like Unforgiven, the birth. Like then he kind of like becomes this like statesman, you know, yeah. boomer looking. 
Yeah, he looks, he looks like you said, he was 45 for a good de- uh, 20 years. <laughs> Out of the womb. <laughs> He's like at least 45 for 20 years. Um, At least the way he looked. Yeah. Uh, like, because he was, what was his, he was in Bonnie and Clyde, right? Yeah, he was in Bonnie and Clyde. That's how he. Yeah, yeah, that's where him. him. I guess him and is that the first movie he did with Arthur Penn? I don't know, but but yeah. he's definitely in it. Um, he literally looks the same, just without the mustache. And the, these movies are like <laughs> almost a decade. It's so, it's so funny. One like, of my yeah. uh, favorite sort of uh, roles of his, and it was, and I don't know, I don't think you've seen this. I think I think I asked you this before in the past, but is is it he plays this uh, this villain called? Um, what he's in have you never seen prime cut have you no that's i'm trying to be a gene hackman completist but some of them i think the problem is they're very hard to find so if you have a copy somewhere oh i got you if you need i I can send you a link to prime cut yeah because i remember last time i looked it up it was like because i wanted to see also because of sissy spacek right and yeah, like I, it's physically like I think you have to get like a DVD, and I literally <laughs> don't have it. Yeah, yeah, I could send so. you it, but but that's another. It's again, it's another weird one because it's very similar in terms of like Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek is a very young Sissy Spacek. It's not like yeah, yeah. it is, and it definitely has to deal with human trafficking, for sure. <laughs> uh and 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 get a mini genre there. Yeah, and 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 Gene Hackman plays this this he's like a St. Louis like crime underworld boss and his name is Marianne and he he owns this okay. like he owns this giant farm but like he sells women into sex slavery and he keeps them in yeah. like he keeps them in like cattle pens like like they're yeah these these screenshots are not yeah like, it's this, Lee Marvin's like make this movie today. it's a wild it's a wild movie but like his performance obviously Gene Hackman's always good but it's a it's a wild movie but it does have Lee Literally Marvin can't doesn't know how to give a bad performance as yeah, far as that. Yeah. Goes. And even I wonder if Gene Hackman knows he has a lot of, like this cohort of millennial fans, hackheads. I don't know. I you know he's like you said, he lives a fairly low-key life. He's just, he's just doing, yeah. I don't know if he knows what Twitter is, but right. He right. I like to think he just kind of like reads his newspaper in the morning and like looks out onto the vista. Just yeah, he seems like he's just chilling, writing his little novels and stuff. <laughs> his little Gene Hack. Yeah, like, what do you do at like ninety years old? Ninety years old. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of wild. It's kind of yeah. I'm like holding my breath. I'm very worried. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, are we gonna get that Twitter notification? Yeah, of he's Gene definitely Hackman, legendary actor. He's definitely up there because you know yeah. he didn't even start. You know, and this was what's interesting about him too is yeah, also. People- he he was kind of like a later right yeah started, started later but also, also like that's the era when actors used to like have like 50 jobs before they were like oh i guess i'll try acting <laughs> like they would yeah. be like oh i'm in the navy oh i'm like i own a store and then like they would go to like trade school and then suddenly it's like oh wait i can go to this like studio and practice with like yeah that's what i mean like that's what i don't think people understand is that like he actually you know is a trained actor like you know what I mean? Like he had this whole life before acting, right. but he did. But when he decided to act, he was he, he went to an acting studio. You know what I mean? And trained with other well-known actors, like the, with Dustin Hoffman and some other people, something like that. I believe. I think it might have been Dustin Hoffman. I, I think. Yeah, let me look. Maybe I I probably read that about someone else, but no, he he at sixteen he enlisted in the Marine Corps for mm-hmm. four and a half years as a field radio operator. Um, station in China 
blah, 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 blah. And then he began to study journalism and product, uh, TV production under the GI Bill classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he moved back to California. So yeah, he started like, probably like not till his mid twenties is when he started uh, thinking about acting. Yeah. And yeah, uh, he was friends with Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah. And Robert Duvall. Duvall. Yeah. Well, Robert Duvall is another, another interesting sort of. <laughs> yeah, let's not go on that. Yeah, the three of them shared New York City apartments in various two-person combinations in the 60s. That's cute. Oh, Hackman was working at a Howard Johnson's when he started. <laughs> he was like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll try acting. I mean, so, there's something I mean, to be said that's about that, like, though. Yeah, I love there's, it. And then like four years later, it's like, oh, I'm an Oscar nominee. <laughs> I mean, he brings all of that to his roles. I mean, it, it yeah. it's definitely that's what I mean. Like they they inform and not saying that you can't embody that if you've never had like lived a life, but I forgot where I heard it the other day. But somebody was like, I miss when, yeah, when like entertainers used to have like experiences outside of Hollywood before, you know, that they brought, you know, to to their acting or to like because a lot of them they're obviously they're especially in like today it's like you know everything's all about like realism and so if you're playing a single mom waitress or i don't know it's some, sometimes i'm like have you do you even know what it's like to make minimum wage <laughs> well this was interesting is i'm just kind of looking at a uh, uh jennifer warren who plays paula and like even her because again she sort of has that but when you look into her background it's like man eh, not really <laughs> yeah like, they don't yeah, there it's like she was those. born in Greenwich Village in New York City, the daughter of an actress yeah. um, and a, fa- a dentist father. Her uncle was a, a Yiddish theater actor and director. Jacob Ben-Ami graduated from Irwin High School, married to producer Robert Gimble in 1976. Wow. Uh, made her Broadway debut in 1972. So it's like she has this. So that's just speak. I guess that's just kind of speaks to her. I mean, because I, yeah. I totally, she hasn't I totally, made that things. Yeah, I totally believe that. Like, she was somebody who, who had a life. You know what I mean? Like, like she feels that way. Yeah, she feels acting like, just fit into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to like, talk a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, I was. The expectation was like, oh, like maybe she would have this interesting story, but then you're like, actually, no, she just kind of like born into this. No, yeah, (laughs) like most, like most people, she made four movies, paid off her probably her like townhouse, and then just chilled. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the sort of the third act, which is maybe you can unpack a little bit because um, this is where it it sort of does the you know the sort of what I was mentioning which is the faux ending um where he goes back to california but you could tell he feels because he you know he convinces delia to get back to her mom like Mm -hmm. at this point you're like uh, clearly you're watching this movie you're like well that's not really the ending right like if it was this would be yeah that would be a dumb thriller but um this is where he goes back tries right to get back or goes to see his wife um he feels like something is off and so then, you know, push comes to shove, he kind of gets back to Florida. But I'd like I'd like to hear your take on this since you've seen it more than I have. I mean, it's interesting because you're right. The way it sort of the way it fakes out. And it's not it's 
I don't even know if fake out's the right word because I don't really feel like it's yeah, because to- it, you know, like you feel yeah. like this is not. Yeah, right. you, you, you know, this is not the resolution. Like when she decides to go back to see it's her shot mom. from his point of view, too, like when he's in the car with the driver. Right. That's when I'm like, oh, yeah, he feels weird about this. Right. And and he goes back to see his wife, obviously, in California and, and, and literally goes to her lover's house. Right. And like, yeah, I guess that's just what you did. You showed up. <laughs> He just showed up and sitting there and and on his couch and you know she comes out in his shirt and (laughs) and he comes out and then the guy just everywhere then dude is like I'm just gonna leave you two uh to to hash this out let me go walk outside her sneaky link was like uh oh yeah they're not so sneaky link um um and it's just no that's the opposite of a sneaky link right it's not sneaky at all. It's just just like in your face, like it's almost rude, like how in his face they are. And it's like it's almost like he he had to like come back from Florida like okay yeah I, I me and Paula hooked up now I I've got I got my get back now let me come back now you no. need to stop girl let me get my life back together. <laughs> right she's like nah <laughs> yeah no, it's like I moved on also you get a sense I mean I always wondered this but or I was wondering it the last time I watched it like the the time like time in this movie moves in a strange way because I truly can't tell how long he was there. Like how long was he gone? Was it a week or was it like? Yeah, there, there. It really has no. It really has no. Uh, it doesn't let you know. It just progresses. Like you don't have any idea. You just understand that time has passed, but there's no like. It doesn't tell you in a form of like any sort of title appearing on screen or no, six weeks later or five days later. That it's would like, be yeah, and yeah. it would be useful because then I you can kind of like I don't know what she's reacting to. This guy is coming back and wants her back because. If this is months later, it's like, okay, well, you like life has moved on, you know, but if it's like a week later, maybe that makes more sense. But yeah, I kind of like that. Like we don't really, because he's so entrenched in this case and you Mm -hmm. can see like his California life being literally left behind. Mm -hmm. um, The coming back, it's, it definitely reminds you of like when you're coming back from vacation and you're like, oh God, like I got to face my real life again. Um, except in this case, like he's still unsure about whether his work was done. Um, But you can kind of start to feel that like dread settling as he gets back to his life. And then of course the case creeps back in psychologically and literally. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, you have this whole sense like, okay, where's this going? Cause you know, this is unresolved. He's trying to actually check in on Delhi, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. he can't, he can't actually make contact with her. Um, yeah, that's when you sort of hear her here. He talks to this stunt driver guy, mm-hmm. right? That's the first time we get this sort of interaction with that with that guy. Um, so does that guy work for her mom? Like, are, no. my understanding- is there a connection? Because I know the studio, or I yeah. don't know if I'm trying to say that the studio is connected to that set. Is that like his where he was doing his background investigation? Yeah, I, or, I think he was just trying to like because you remember. Uh, what what uh the the uh James Woods character right who like worked on you know sets and stuff he was mm-hmm. like something to do with like stunt like he was working on cars but even when you met him he was working on a car yeah um, so when she goes back to to L A the assumption is that they they sort of can reconnect right but you never see her again basically which is another interesting choice is that yeah. like I could have sworn that's the other thing it's very um like you think 
I thought I saw we see her again in past viewings. I mean, but it, like, yeah, it's, you, like you, it's something you, that I just imagine. It's very Mandela. Well, well what, what, what I will say this too, like I'm pretty certain. Do you do you even you might see her, but like it's not. It's like impact. It's like a quick. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I believe it it's like, like throw a window or something. Yeah, it's like a quick scene of her sort of. I don't know. I think it is with. Isn't it with? It might be with J, uh, James Woods. I believe. And then, but like, it's basically once she comes back from Florida, it's almost like she's missing again. Like, mm-hmm. or almost like we know she's there only from like secondhand information from other characters. And that's really laying it back to Mosby. You know yeah, what I mean? And that's where he gets the sense like, wait, is she even safer here? Right, <laughs> like, right. And ultimately Florida? we decide, we, it, he, he, we find out she wasn't because she ends up dying. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that like, uh, and then there's this whole convoluted thing about her, how she died, which she died. She's supposed to be in a movie and she's in a in a car and a stunt scene mm-hmm. and then like car crashes and she dies. And it's the way it happens is so like matter of fact and sort of like feels like out of the blue and like tacked on in a way where you're yeah. like. And I feel like, again, like I don't that that definitely is not a mistake. That's definitely intentional because I definitely feel that. The point of it in terms of how it how you perceive that information the way it throws you off and feels kind of off is the point you know what i mean like that's the whole point of them doing that that's the whole point of arthur, probably arthur penn wanting it to be done that way um and probably uh, uh i think alan sharp is the screenwriter it's probably a choice that they they decided like no no we don't need to like this needs to be good again that's another trope too from detective novels like that you will interact with the character several times throughout certain moments and then next thing you know that character you hear like oh something bad happened that character's gone now you know what i mean like what like you you know you kind of get that that almost that anvil dropped on you like out of nowhere um Mm -hmm. and and at that point um i'm trying to remember uh does it him him and uh his wife end up sleeping together again yeah so where that famous screenshot comes from i think yeah yeah <laughs> you're talking about the screenshot with uh what's the actress's name uh why am i blanking on her name i know i keep confusing these people's names just because they're not they're you know, super they're famous. recognizable actors but they're just sort of kind of like they're not well they kind of i mean they're they that was sort of the only time they really did i think that actress is dead now susan clark yeah mm-hmm. Su- susan clark uh she's i i think i remember her from porkies i think that's where i remember her from porkies <laughs> uh susan clark uh is is who plays jennifer i'm uh, not jennifer us uh, ellen ellen Mos- mosby his wife so like there's this 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 brief sort of uh i guess attempt at salvaging their marriage right mm-hmm. And uh, I well, think we don't quite know if it really worked like that's which I like. <laughs> you don't know whether they actually really get back together at the end. Right. Because she she because I remember she's like leaving his house after the night. Right. And that's when he sort of gets the information about Delhi. Yeah. She's you know, and she's telling them like and, and then you see uh, he goes to see uh, he goes to see one of the guys at the studio. Um, um, and I can't remember who it is. But he shows him the footage of the actual. Yeah, that's the driver, I think. Right, right. That's the driver, right? And who we find out is like, 
implicit. It's also connected. It's also connected to the death, right? Um, yeah. And sort of the car has been intentionally sabotaged. Again, this mm-hmm. is all of this is convoluted. I like. I feel like. Yeah, I don't. I like again. I was like, I thought it was just me. I'm like, am I supposed to like understand? Because none of this, this, none of the plot, a movie like this, is none of the none of the plot mechanics actually matter like yeah you're right you know what i mean like the point so i was is like it- wait is this like a for some reason i thought it was gonna be like or maybe it is um like a set accident that they yeah, yeah. kill her in, i guess yes it's but supposed it, to be that's not really confirmed right right but but what you what you discover is that like this is a whole entire and again this is Ray, raymond chandler-esque which is this very convoluted mm-hmm. plot of because we know about then the money that's being left to her mother, I mean, that's being left to Delhi specifically mm-hmm. and her mother actually wanting the money and the, spe- the specifics about how- To keep you know, up her lifestyle, yeah. Right, right. So basically her mother is, in, is complicit in conspiring for her daughter's death, which yeah. ultimately confirms that she is- Because giant- when he goes to see her, she's like, by, like she's literally drunk. Yeah. It's like, wait, your daughter just died. Like, what are you right. doing? It, it, because it confirms how like this whole time, like- it's it's one of the it's one of the most it's really fucked up when you think about it like she hired she set up the investigation as it's, like it's a whole, right she's a it's a whole orchestrated plot she's like this drunk sociopathic monster mastermind because yeah. like and this man's running around the country trying to find your right and mosby's there. this sad sack like because he's like literally mm-hmm. invested he's like i'm trying to save this girl and literally takes her from one thing and puts her in danger He's thinking he's taking her from yeah, this Yeah, he thinks situation. he's saving her, right, right. And, and yeah. ultimately, you find out that Delhi's instincts, is, as fucked up as they were, they were still more correct. Yeah, as much as, you know, she was young and everybody around her, everybody's telling him, like, oh, this girl is... Everybody wants like, something from her. She ran away, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, stupid, yeah. bring her back home. It's like, it's almost like she, like, she actually knew better mm-hmm. in that moment. And, like, it's her, you know, intuition. She trusted herself to you know, go literally run away across the country, even though, you know, it's in this weird, uh, like insane, you know, setting, it's still, she was still actually technically safer out there having these like relationships than she was with her mom. Um, But I mean, it really just at the end, it's just like her mom's selfishness of wanting that money. But then it doubles back though. And that's where that's where I it doubles of, back it literally and, jumps the shark where he goes back. And when he goes back, you find out like actually she wasn't safe anywhere. Yeah, and like that's when so, I was that's like, the that's redemption. Like, it's not really a sad ending because I'm like, well, as much as it sucks the 16-year-old died or just is not safe, it's like, well, she really never really had a chance, right? Right. She didn't have a chance. And that's what I'm saying. That's the sort of redemption. I feel like that's the built-in redemption for Mosby. What which is like yeah. It's like, he oh, knows like, he did his best. Yeah, like, it's like, it didn't matter where I sent her. She was like, her yeah. sort of fate was sealed because she was going from one to the other. And either, either place was the result would have been, you know, these people aren't looking out for her. In fact, these people benefit. Unless from they did. Yeah. Unless they did. Not like being a here, gimmicky, literally. <laughs> yeah. Unless they did a gimmicky ending where it's like, you know, he takes her and then the both of them drive off, you know, right away into like the desert or something. And then he ends up being her caretaker, which is not the realistic. Right. Um, the realest thing he could have done was to like give like 
give her a ticket to another country and tell her to never look yeah, at Yeah, like a witness protection, right? So right, crazy. like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, because, like, she's she had these two so sort of per, the only parental figures in her life, all of the older people in her life, yeah. literally conspired yeah. to sort of end her life. Like, yeah, you know, they not have her best. They none thing. of them had their best. They all had their own interests. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, so, so there, there's okay, so a tell, tell me about when he goes to Florida because this is where he sees the body or real that plane scene in the water. I'm like, literally, it's like, it's just like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like I just got hit by a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole and then thing. it like zooms out. I do like that ending, but again, it's like I don't quite know what just happened. I had to rewind it because I thought I was like, like I missed you know a scene or something. Yeah, the way that whole boat thing plays out with the plane and the guy trying to kill him, and you figure out the guy in the plane is the stunt guy. Yeah, yeah. That 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 whole thing. Again, like everything is. Is it because he realized that Mosby knows now, like what happened? And so that's why he's trying to, he followed Yeah, it seemed him. like it was trying to, he was, it was his attempt to sort of like close all the, you know, close yeah, all the loopholes, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and it ultimately ends up killing, he ends up dying, right? Which, uh, right. uh, <laughs> again, this movie is just so. Um, but then it's like, there is no real justice. I mean, what is he going to do that information? Everybody involved, well, I guess, except for the mother. She obviously gets the money and everything, but we don't. But like, ultimately, it's, it's you look an at, ambiguous ending. Like, there's yeah, no nobody yeah, really comes out a winner. Yeah, no one comes out a winner because even her, you're just she's sad. Like, you're like, okay, you have this money, but you're just a sad sack of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you look at her drunk at the pool, like yeah. just this woman who's clearly. Uh, I mean, you could you know that's when it's confirmed that she's that hunch that I was talking about at the beginning where she's like this unstable, clearly mentally, probably unwell, um, is definitely confirmed, right? Because there's a reason she's at the end, like literally realized like, oh, I literally killed my daughter for money. Um, yeah, right, right. And it's that's like not something a normal, I mean, in, at least in normal society you would do. I mean, you know, killing your own child is like the one thing you're not supposed, supposed to, do. to do. Right. This is the one thing you're, you know, like, you know, and then he's just like he that that scene with him, like uh, confronting her at her house and she's at the pool. And then she's like, just basically like tells him to get out and starts crying. And she's just a drunk mm -hmm. mess, you know. Um, and that's when he kind of realizes, oh, I got to get back. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's when he, he immediately goes to see James Woods. He like right. flies over there. Um, and he goes to where James Woods, uh, his his like ramshackle home in the middle of fucking on the outskirts of LA. Anytime James Woods on screen, I'm like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> like he he's a uh uh. <laughs> I love James Woods as an actor. Yeah. Horrible human, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I wasn't even talking about the the political. I just mean like it, it's. That's I don't even care about it. You know what? I don't even give a fuck about this political shit because I don't care about any actors' sort of political thing at no. this point. Like, because I feel it like it literally doesn't matter. Right? They're it's actors. Either side. I, either yeah, side. Like none of them care. have good like political. Even with what we're going. <laughs> yeah. Like even when they think they do, it's like it's usually superficial and surface level. But but right. but but I just think like James Woods is just like he's an I don't know like he's a presence he on screen. That. I feel like he pulls everything together, right? Because you need that. I like I'm trying to really think about like a James Woods 
performance. Oh, that... I mean, I mean, in this scene, like when he goes to see him, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of need that scene to like fill in the gaps for the like for us, because again, it's like we're all at this point don't really know who like what happened or who to trust or who to believe, and so I guess in that case. It's yeah, he that is definitely a scene that fills in the blanks because he he confronts James Woods and like they get into it and he ends up hitting him with a guitar yeah. <laughs> and like running and jumping on his motorcycle. Uh, and he's like telling him, I didn't kill, I didn't kill her. And like, you know, uh, then he comes back to see the stunt man who's still got that goofy, his goofy arm cast, which we understand ultimately is like uh it's just part of his yeah, it's part of his alibi. Right. Like I couldn't have done it. Why would I put myself? Yeah, in I had a, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like this, this, like the Suge Knight I had Tupac conspiracy theory. Like I'm in the yeah. car too. I got shot. Like yeah, allegedly. Right. Like that's one of the conspiracy theories. Right. It's like, well, he's, he's sort of like is the same way. He's like, well, obviously I, I was in the car with her. I couldn't have, you know, uh, sabotage, yeah. ultimately like, you know, that was his cover story. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I don't know. Like the James, James Woods is it. I don't know. He's just an actor who like I rarely um I I rarely find him to be uh a sour spot in the movie. He's usually pretty good. Like I don't know. Have you have you ever seen Cop? Oh gosh. Maybe. Yeah, a long time it's ago. It's a uh I don't know what era Cop came out, but it's an it's an adaptation of a, a James Elroy book. Okay. Uh, where James Woods plays this cop. And this, yeah. you know what's in some ways it's very similar tonally to Night Moves in a way, uh, mm -hmm. but James Woods plays this cop. He's 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 the he's number one on the call sheet. He's he's the he's the he's the headliner of this movie, uh, and and I feel like uh, he's just great. He's just great at being a shithead. He's great at being a cop. Um, that just because you just a shithead cop you're like oh he's great and, and the way the movie ends is pretty awesome too but uh not to get on a james woods kick or anything because but i just really like actors like him and like and obviously hackman and and like movies like this have a lot of like character actors who can also be leading men or who mm -hmm. also be leading women um that i just find like they have this kind of quality about them um that i feel like is just and maybe it's just maybe it's me maybe it's yeah. just nostalgia no, I, I think you're no i think it's it's true he just fits into the um not only like the atmosphere but just the like ecosystem or the world that this movie is set in yeah um yeah. he's also just like very not generic looking but you know he just looks like, yeah, he would be a, you know, one of those, whatever, what, like, what is his job? I don't quite know. It's the He's a mechanic, mechanic slash, okay. It's mechanic slash scumbag slash. <laughs> okay, true. Uh, the, uh, okay, so do you want to talk about the, like, this is, so now it's like, we're talking about the actual ending, I guess, yeah. which we just brought up, but not that, like, right before that, it's like, we, because I just looked it up and it, I guess I had missed this part, but when he meets up with Paula again, like the woman yeah. um, in Florida, and then she was like, and then of course, like we, Quentin, which is James Woods character, when he finds his body. Finds his body, yeah, literally when he goes back to Florida. And the, he goes which up. like, 
it's yeah. so jarring because it's like wait they were just having a conversation like it just literally cuts not only a different you know see and like you literally that, a different stage so it's like wait are we supposed to believe that he literally got on a plane right after like most no, no, I don't think so. I just like think, I, I think it's that it's just the way the movie deals with time which is that's what I mean it's like yeah. we don't know which is it's just so funny there's no logic but like yeah yeah Arthur Penn's like figure it out yourself bitch like I don't know right and you just realize that like oh shit like her stepdad is like a fucking uh fucking all like he comes off this kind of way where he's like you know I wear my stupid little you know mm-hmm. my stupid little boat captain hat and I'm like hey man you know like but like yeah they're very unassuming. Murder. <laughs> yeah they're very unassuming hippies essentially right right yeah um and then, but then he finds out that like, oh no, they actually have their own um, plans or their own agenda. get rich. Yeah, their yeah. own get rich quick scheme going on, which is why I guess she doesn't report. Like, again, we don't know how long that body was in that, where when he finds him in the water or whatever, right? Or right. The boat. Or, or and it's funny because, you know, um, you really get to see sort of like him, his true sort of character when he when James Con, I mean James Con. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. When For James Con decides to come into this movie, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> James Con showing up in this movie would have me screaming though. Like, that would be. I'd be no, like, but- okay, we really jumped the shark this time. Yeah. When he when he atta- when Gene Hackman confronts him on the boat after he finds James James Wood's dead body, and like he finds Paula in 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 the stepfather on the boat, and he pulls a gun on him, and then you see this like this flip this like switch flip and like he he literally attacks uh hackman and they like this whole fight plays out and you really get to see for the first time like oh like this guy is like not who he no. portrays himself to be on the outside no. and you know what I'm saying? like because he's literally they were like, they were literally acting like they had this whole mm-hmm. and that's when you start to realize like oh they're like and hackman and welcoming is all just literally a a scheme right right and you see paula's there just kind of like so this is when they admit that they are like smuggling a statue yeah yeah there's that whole other element that is why they basically don't fess up or like report the right yeah yeah. i mean i guess we're supposed to believe that they killed quentin yeah yeah and so they she's like oh quentin tarantino yeah james was like hey quentin uh they kill him so, so then she's like oh well you know we're trying to smuggle in this like really expensive statue yeah they've been doing it piece by piece yeah, yeah so yeah. like they put in obviously if they reported then the cops would find out and yeah they would it's be like cops. it's worth half a million dollars or something to that effect right right like that and that's where when they're driving whatever and then she takes them out so how does he get into the water? Who? Which? Who? Hackman? Harry Mosby. Oh, that you mean? And the last. The, how do we get to that? Where last? the plane is? Yeah, like one before. After she admits everything, and then he goes out into the pontoon or whatever. Because you remember when he goes out, that the bodies. Remember the bodies under the water. Yeah, yeah, under that like little. Dolphin yeah, I think it's it. Pen. He he discovers that, right? Doesn't he discover it at night though? Oh yes, yeah. this is why. This is where I was like, what? see, this plot what is, is like at? you really have to, you really have to stop yourself and really go back over because there's so many. That's why I rewinded it so many times because I didn't yeah. know what he was looking there's at. So many different. 
things that get thrown in. It's like, oh yeah, and this happens. Oh, and then yeah. this happens. And, and then this- It doesn't help that it's not in 4K. Cause I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like, it's just like a dark spot in the water. Well, well, they don't, I think, I think they go out at night, but it's like, it cuts mm -hmm. to like day, I believe, or something like that. Like, because I definitely remember, like I said, I definitely remember uh, Paul is like, she's the one like- Yeah, she-, she Driving kind the of boat. Like yeah, she's talking to him. Harry's in the boat. It's the next day, right? And she talks about like Tom, get you know when that that who he got into a fight with, obviously, and and um, who's the stepfather? And I believe at this point she's still kind of like trying to like justify to mm -hmm. Mosby why they they did what they did, right? You know what I'm saying? She and Mosby. Yeah, smiling. she's like, oh, we have to because right, right, we're smuggling. Yeah, like. And 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 that's when the whole this that's this is the precursor to the whole shit with the plane, and we the don't even know who it is in the plane. Yeah, like we don't know that that's the stunt guy. <laughs> like we don't figure right. that out until after he basically crashes the plane and he's dead. Which <laughs> like, is the creepy part because it's like, hmm. so was that guy hired to by Paula to go out to the Keys and find like literally follow Mosby? all the way out there like he's been watching right from the bushes as he as mosby is piecing together this uh yeah, know, Mo the, I, yeah because even then like mosby's like i remember mosby like getting pissed off and, and so he's like i want to know what this is all about and then, then i think paula tells yeah. him like you're asking the wrong questions and i feel like at that point like Mosby is clearly the audience insert. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we're like, we're asking all the wrong questions. Like, yeah, because we're literally trying to piece all of this together. Like, what is going because And there's, there's still so unanswered questions. Yeah, but there's so many things going on in the background that we don't yeah. know about. Like, you know what I'm saying? That the audience. This is why no... this is one of those movies I yeah. you have to keep rewatching. And like, I literally watched it like a week ago and I still am questioning what yeah, happened. It is, it is a movie that like you can return to multiple times because there's so many layers to like the plot in terms of like the characters like motivations and like why things are happening and certain things aren't happening you know what i mean like uh it's it's is that a characteristic of the genre where yes. i i haven't seen as many but like there's so much plot being like that is fit into or squeezed into literally under like almost like a 90 minute or 100 minute movie it's, and I guess that's by design because it's supposed to confuse the audience. Yeah, and that's why I call it, that's why I refer to it as Raymond Chandler-esque, right? It's very, okay. because that's a- How does that work with screenwriting? Like you just literally throw shit in there? I mean, as... honestly, I mean, I, 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 screenwriting does this a lot, but like, I feel like this is, in, in this case specifically, it's intentional. I feel like, yeah. I feel like they do this in movies now, but it's not intentional. It's, like, they, no, it's just it's like, like, we gotta, we gotta wrap up all these things. So like, start, start, yeah. start throwing all these plot elements, but like this, they're reverse engineering the endings by being right, like, right. And gotta this, tie this, this ending here. Yeah. And this movie it's intentional. It's, it's definitely like, like if Raymond Chandler novels are definitely like that, where it's like, you get to the, the final, like half of the book the very end and then like all of these sort of like convoluted sort of it's like a it's like what's the metaphor it's like a it's not even a house of cards it's it's not that's like dominoes start falling and, yeah and then just just you're just like what like like oh wait a minute what like and you're trying to trace yeah. like which what how everything connects and it's not even the point that it connects really honestly it's really not like i feel like it's about the effect 
Like it's about because I feel like they're they're I hate to use this phrase, but they're like tone poems. Um, like you know what I mean? Like like this is it is more of an aesthetic. Uh, it's an aesthetic choice, and it's about tone. It's vibes. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I hate to say like it's vibes. It's like the vibes are supposed to like like it's it's it, like it, the it, plot is supposed to just. Right. The, the plot is in service of the of the vibes. The plot is in which service is funny of the because we're sitting, yeah. But that's what I like though. They're trying to unpack it when it does. Right, right, right. But because we know why. At the end, because like it ended, and I was like, oh, that was that was like a fun. Because we drive. are inundated now, Gabriella. We are inundated now. We have with, to solve every. With plot. movies are characters in service of the plot, and this is a movie that doesn't adhere to that. It's a movie where the plot is in service to the characters, which is makes mm -hmm. it distinctly different from the majority of movies now. Like most movies that it's it's the other way around. Like the characters yeah. are only in service of the plot. And this is probably uh, a big- Is there like a modern, can you think of a modern example of, cause this, I consider this like a little bit of a- Yes, I can, um, um, Under the Silver Lake. Mm. Under the Silver Lake is is a movie, a modern movie where it's actually the plot is in service of the characters, not the other way around. Like, because you could be like, why is this happening? This is it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, because it's, it's just not putting the character, it's just putting the character in different situations. Right, you're putting the characters in different situations to get the overall cumulative effect of the sort of like what you're trying to say or feel or intone. So like that is what which is why I think it makes yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say that's what makes like all all the performances, but specifically Gene Hackman so impressive because I could see like, I mean, he probably had all these questions <laughs> while they were, like if we have all these questions now over the final cut, like it's like, what is he supposed to think as his characters going through all of these, you know, back and forths and just ambiguous situations, um, yeah. which is why, you know, he's just kind of like thrown in there. Yeah, and you know what? It's almost like he's reacting. Like his performance is very reactive to what's going on. And you know what? I remember. Don't you remember Paula's death, which I did feel like was definitely uh very sad because I feel like Paula was the one redeeming kind of villain in a way because she ne it never felt she always felt like she was uh, complicit, but she but it, but it felt like her complicitness was not one. Mm -hmm. It was at least somewhat passive. Like you know what I mean? Like like she may have been with tom and, and and allowing tom to do certain things but it you never think she was collateral damage and she was definitely collateral damage and she and she definitely you definitely got the sense that there was a level of remorse for the things mm -hmm. that they were doing because she had the act when she admits everything yeah yeah so when they go out to find the, the thing at the at the the the, the 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 statue they're smuggling that they have yeah. literally marked with the what did they so use like the the jugs with the with the yeah. tied to a, a rope to tie to the bottom to know where it is and while she's going down scuba diving that's when the plane comes and literally mm -hmm. you see just a hand first of all the guy's really fucked up because like he's like shooting an uzi <laughs> like out yeah the out, out out of the he's doing like a flyby he's got an uzi he's like spraying just indiscriminately and then you see uh hackman like uh mosby yelling for paula like like Paula, you know, as she's swimming towards the boat and like mm -hmm. he's telling her to move and that that's we watched this sort of the plane come down and literally once the land, once it's like pontoons hit the water, it literally just hits her like mm, over. Yeah. Her. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
Yeah, and, that was a yikes moment. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's like it's, you know she's dead. You're like, damn. Like, and it's yeah, such a, and then Hackman's at this point. I think Hackman's caught a caught some uh, uh, a few strays. He's on the he's on the boat. <laughs> um fucked up he's like literally holding on right right and you're like is hackman gonna make it out of this alive you know what i mean because you're like kind of like and that's where it just kind of ends like it's it just kind of zooms out yeah he's just on the boat and, and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah he's like doesn't he doesn't he manage to like use like a a, a net to like hit the uh the actual one of the controls on the boat to shift it to make the boat, I guess, turn around. Because mm-hmm. I remember he's like reaching. He grabs like the little, the little, uh, like one of the like fishing net, and mm-hmm. he's like struggling as he's like bleeding to like hit the levers to make the boat yeah. turn back around. Because he's so yeah, I guess we don't know if he picks it. <laughs> yeah. So and he's just laying there, and you're just like, he just fucking finally just lays down, and you're almost like, yo, okay, he's shot, and he's laying like he's dead almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You know, but and in a way, it's like this is where he's like, "All right, well, just very defeated." Yeah, and he's like, he's I think he says like, "Shit, you bastard!" Right? Like, and and then you get the the sort of like the long shot of like the boat, like, and you see it like out in the ocean, but it's like turning, it's literally heading back. So the assumption is sort of like, I guess you would want to assume. We hope that Hagman lives, but I mean, ultimately, that's not even the point. No. It's like the last thing I even think of or remember. About. Yeah, you, it's not even really the point because it just kind of ends on that note and, and you're just. Yeah. Also, I realized I kept calling the Arlene, the mom character, mm-hmm. Paula. So apologies. Keep, um, keep, I was keep, calling keep. her Paula, too. I called yeah, her Paula. Yeah, it just, it just sounds like she would be it, the Paula. The, right, Paula, right? I could have swore it was Paula, but it's not. No. You're right. It's Arlene. Paula and, is and the, the, and the step And the step-husband, and the step-husband, uh, the step-husband, <laughs> the stepfather-husband is Tom Iverson. Because, yeah. in fact, that's what she says in the beginning to him, remember? Like, she, she is Tom Iverson. The name Iverson gets dropped immediately when he goes, when he first mm-hmm. goes to see uh Delhi's mom about taking the, the case to finding her daughter is that she talks about her husband you know what I mean Tom Iverson and they sort of drop that immediately at the beginning um but yeah I mean if this is a I mean I really think Night Moves is uh it's a it's a quality movie for sure uh it's not my yeah. favorite it's not my favorite Hackman no. movie. What's your favorite Hackman? That's a good. That's a good. Question. Did we talk about? I know. We kind of talk, talked. We talked about, about our top in in a, in, a, in an episode of a podcast. That's why that it's, so, it's so hard. Yeah. Is it? Are you saying my favorite performance or my favorite movie that he's in? Your favorite movie. It doesn't have to be the performance because yeah. What's your favorite movie that Hackman's in? So hard. That's I guess if I have to choose, because it's so it's yeah, because you know you could go with the classics. Yeah. Obviously, you can't go wrong. Like. I guess, yeah, I would go with, like, French Connection just because it's so, it really does. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of, like, to me, it's, like, that's, like, it encompasses everything I love about Mm. him as an actor. Like, it's got got the scumminess. It's got the, like, sexy, dirty, like, New York cop or whatever. Um, But, you know, I also, I love, like, something like The Birdcage where he's just, (laughs) it's, like, so fun, you know, like, even though he's also just this, that was the era where he was playing these like straight lace like senators and all that. And then I also just like have a soft spot for 
Royal Tenenbaums just because I think that was like to me that should have been his like it you is know, I mean it's I'm like gonna be I'm gonna out. have to be I know you're not, I know we disagree on that I I'm not no, saying no no that no, no, no. I just have a, people bring up Wes Anderson movies all the time I just have this blind spot because I just don't like oh I see his aesthetics are just never appealed to me. So like, I don't like, I'm aware of all. Oh, of I movies. meant like, I love the performance. No, I know you, I know what you mean, but I just say the reason. Like, he's Royal like Tenenbaums. legitimately so funny in it. Like, like I have, I swear to God, I've never watched Royal Tenenbaums in full ever. Like ever. Okay. So I don't we have know. To admit, like, yeah. it's kind of like not honestly, like, I don't know if I can think of another, I mean, maybe like something like Birdcage, but I like that. He like really goes for the comedy, you know? Yeah. One day, one know. day I'm going to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit myself to going through the Wes Anderson like filmography. You really you don't because I've seen to. a couple, but I just know he's just not for me. But but I will yeah, go, no. I just will and I, to me it's always thing. a hit or miss. Like I, yeah. I'll still check him out. Um and I know he has this, you know, reputation of like everything is very aesthetic driven. There's not real like, which is fun. I love aesthetics. I love aesthetics. Like I yeah. just don't like his aesthetic. <laughs> I see. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, like, like that handmade quality thing is cool, whatever. Like I liked it when Godard did it in like Weekend. And then it was mm-hmm. like, all right, I've seen this. I don't need it anymore. Like, and I know that Wes Anderson's built a whole other style around that. That's his own. Yeah. And that's fine. But you know, like there's just so many things. And there's just so many, like you even said Tom Field. Like I have a complete blind spot with Tom Field. Like you said, Tom Field, yeah. I, I, well, I, he I only has three movies. I don't think I've seen any, movies, so. I've seen any of Tom Field's movies. I swear to God, I don't think I've seen any. You haven't seen it in the bedroom? I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, I have a I feel like you would appreciate in the bedroom just because it's well, oh, okay. Watch it. Like I will watch him because there's 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 filmmakers who I have blind spots with who I definitely have been like I'm gonna check him out. Like he's on yeah, there. Yeah. He's on there for sure. There's what's that other guy? Uh, Xavier. Uh, how do you say it? Xavier Dolan? I have a blind spot for him. Yeah. Like no, same. Like I have. I'm like I'm gonna eventually delve down that yeah, rabbit yeah. hole at some point and be like, let me check out some of his stuff. But the, yeah, the thing about Todd Field is that he literally he's one like he like has only made this is his third movie yeah um in like it's his first movie in 15 years so it's literally in the bedroom little children which is controversial a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it and then this like tar is it that's it so there's not a lot but I feel like in the bedroom especially because I know you like our girl sissy <laughs> she's amazing that's like a movie to me that i rewatch and revisit and it's it's so you know what you consider like a quiet it's a family drama like there's it's not sexy at all it's just set in this tiny town in maine and you know it's about grief and everything but i don't know i just think like it's one of those rewatchable movies marissa tomei is amazing in it um i love her in that just because she has a really complicated role um but that I think you would appreciate it as like a modern version of what we're talking about, which is like these characters are not perfect by any means, but they're just trying to get by. You know, it's usually a, a good sign. Usually, when when a, when a when a filmmaker director only has like a couple, a few few movies, and it's in and it's like long break. It usually means like, oh, this is a type of person. This is the type of filmmaker who like is very selective about his movies mm-hmm. or her movies, and they're like. Yeah, they're not cranking them out. Right. Like I was talking about this with uh, uh, Jacob. Uh, when I did the episode about Blonde, I had to uh, get my guest Jacob Ebert. I was talking about Mark Romanek. And uh, I mentioned One Hour Photo. And I always, I, I, I believe even, even in that podcast, I had said, oh, Romanek's like one movie. But actually, I know he did Never Let Me Go, too. But he has like, 
He only has like two or three movies. I do love Never Let Me Go. So yeah, speaking of But he's one of those directors that he doesn't really he's very like he's so in demand. I know he did like Beyonce's Lemonade and like he did right. like uh the Janet Jackson videos. He like he's like an in demand and he's a visually talented director. But like you can just tell, like he's only gonna do the shit that like he feels like doing. Like it is like Yeah. You know, okay? And like with the yeah, the case of Toshfield, like he's always rumored to be mm-hmm. doing like on production and then just like he like just gives it up <laughs> gives up moves on he mm-hmm. just exits projects that don't interest him so i think i mean that could be annoying of course for like but honestly i respect like, it. we're not being fed okay <laughs> yeah but I, I respect it because we live in a in an age yeah of, in a content heavy era yeah we live in an age of careerist where like yeah, it's where just always like i gotta always be about the career and like it, i do like well i was listening i'm not gonna name it but i was listening to a podcast where they were like oh this it's a film podcast and they were like oh my god this 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 director went away they literally used the word went away and i'm like his last movie was like 2017 like i don't consider that one away oh like give people a, like if like, like if you was have this a like project a, uh, this was like one of those like a big picture like the ringer podcast or something no 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 <laughs> just like i again like it doesn't matter but like that that is a thing where it's like anytime especially with like film twitter and stuff like anytime somebody I hate, yeah but i hate let me just let me just say this declaratively i hate all of those podcasts like i hate no i know those- but i'm saying whenever when people say somebody went away i'm like i'm literally on their imdb expecting especially because we're coming off of something that's why i like when you when I went to see Tar, my the ticket guy of my AMC was like, "Happy Todd Todd Field Day!" Like people are excited when you come back with something, even if it's not necessarily great or you don't like it. Like mm-hmm. there is something about, and like maybe to a lesser extent, somebody like Scorsese who works you know pretty consistently. There's something to be said about a ramp up to your project dropping. Whereas like there are some like directors where it's like, yeah, you just want them to like make like 50 TV you know limited series and a, a year like i don't think that's exciting like there's something to be said about quality over quantity like we don't need a new project from everybody every year i'm on the fence i'm on the fence because I, well i guess I, maybe I, yeah i'm also biased because i could t- i could totally take a new project from some people every year yeah i'm on the fence because i definitely love prolific artists like i really love prolific ones but like i do feel like there are certain people who like they're not prolific but there's a reason they're not. And what I mean by that is like, every time they they come out with something, at least I know that like, it's it's something that comes, there's, there's not gonna be a dip necessarily in quality or passion, right? Like, yeah. so the prolific artists that I tend to like, uh, they, it's not like they're phoning it in. Like, I love, like, I don't know if, I don't know if you have a blind spot for uh, Takashi Miike, but I love Takashi Miike. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I love, you, you, how you do, do you, you do? Or no? Yeah. No. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. I don't. I. I do not expect you. I. I do not expect you to have a a a a, a an awareness like that of Takashi Mika. First of all, uh, the guy's has made over a hundred movies. Um, and he was over a hundred movies years ago. So I. I don't even know what what how many movies he's made now. Yeah. Uh, but also it's very specific. It's very Japanese. It's very mm-hmm. uh. Yeah. Like he. He's not. But yeah, like. Oh yeah, sorry. I was gonna say I was just gonna add a point about when people say like somebody went away, and like it just makes you think. Well, like there's there's also other factors other than just as you know probably more than me. Yeah. I can imagine just like reading the trades or whatever. Like there's a reason things fall through or things don't get funded or 
yeah, know, because it, 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 funding, it, it, especially now, like original projects are not getting as much funding as yeah, you know, I, you yeah, said. and and it's literally built uh, the system in place Have to be an obstacle course. Yes, to literally, it's an impediment for shit getting made. So, you know, there is something to be said. Like usually, the people. I don't know. Like I have, I have a tendency, like I had to stop listening to this one podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I literally stopped. I don't think I'm ever listening to it again. I know, okay. I know the, the guy I've met the guy in person who, and I've interacted with his co-host uh, before, but like, can I can you put it in the chat. So I know. Oh yeah. I can it put is. it in the chat. Uh, and then uh, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not trying to take shots at anyone. This is I'm just not like, taking any shots. Oh no, no. I'm just saying that's why I'm not naming because I am like, this is, I'm just talking about like from a consumer standpoint is what I'm um the mic it's it's a it's, okay. a it's a genre based podcast right uh but they are too they can't be honest about any movie and like interesting in because what they, way because I don't they, listen so. because yeah you don't <laughs> uh because again like their their podcast is mostly based like they mostly deal in horror stuff right and genre okay. genre stuff but they're not only they're filmmakers themselves now right so I that's see. one thing but then la has this this circle this circle of like they're all friends right so they're re literally reviewing a movie where one of the characters is named after one of the hosts okay so they're already they already are like full disclosure you know they can't be honest about the movie right so this is not about. an objective they're critic. not like and you listen to them talk about the movies that are like and you're like i can't listen to you guys because i know you can't be honest with your criticisms or your critiques of movies like you'll rate a movie and it'll be based solely upon the fact that you have a relationship with this yeah. person and you don't want them to know that you you didn't like their movie of course like, you know what i mean and it's like it's very and it's like also it's like it's the politics the internal politics with 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 that community yeah. i call it the la horror circle like where it's like they're all sort of in this hollywood in general this is they're just a small version of what the whole hollywood is anyways but it's just like very much about sort of like clickish sort of like it's a circle jerk of like i want to promote my friends and boost my friends stuff Especially and, in the podcast and content. Games. Yeah, like, and it's just it's all like, about cross promotion. Right. But they, or they just want to talk about movies in a way where I'm just like, I'm watching the same movies you guys are watching. And I'm like, these are horrible. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that these are better. If they're good, I will be the first person to be like, oh, that's great. I liked it. You know, and I get I get it's all objective, but I'm like listening to their actual arguments for why they're they're they, they're 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 uh, like really yeah it's like really this pulling like qualifying it they're like qualifying everything well you know it's pretty for, considering that that the movie was you know done it this way it's like why are you, you're qualifying too much that lets me know or that budget you, or yeah yeah you, you're that lets me know that you're already like the movie is let because you're speaking in code yeah you know well this saying? is this falls back into the conversation we could wrap up soon by the way if you want yeah, yeah but definitely just, yeah no just whatever but um i i wasn't sure how how to pace ourselves but goes back to the criticism thing which is like and like listen i get it like it's not fun to talk about something you don't like for two hours it's a mm -hmm. lot more fun to talk about a movie we do like like night moves so mm -hmm. i get why as like human nature people do pick at stuff they like i think the problem is that we've gone so far in the other direction where 
like you literally if you say you don't like something you're almost always like this is why rotten tomato which i know again not a qualifier but like everything (laughs) almost always has i know i know or whatever metacritic everything has like a middle of the road score because no one ever really has a point of view whether like they love it or hate it or just the average comes out to middle of the road so like the other day we were um I was just like having drinks with people and like you know when you're in like a big circle it's like somebody brings up what I don't even remember some movie or whatever something like everybody had seen and automatically it was like oh my god I love that and like I was literally the only person was like really like that was pretty bad (laughs) like and everyone just looked at me like I had five heads because it's so and it's not like I'm being contrarian like I just didn't like whatever it was with some tv show that I did give a chance so like there is this tendency of like you can't even. <laughs> I haven't even seen that. Okay, yeah. I think it was White Lotus or something. I was oh, just White like, Lotus, eh, yeah. didn't really do much for me. I don't know. Um, so there's just this thing where it's like if you're in the minority or if you just literally don't like something that is like, you know, just whatever the popular memeable thing that's happening right now. It, I don't know. Maybe it's just my experience. No, I feel the same. Thing? No, is it just what, anecdotal evidence I'm going by? No, I because I feel the same way, and I definitely feel that what you're what you're talking about is a real thing because it, it's it's reflected. But because I think people just watch things in, like, and I'm not accusing like my friends of doing, but like it's probably like most of us are watching things very surfacey, or we're not really interrogating, or like, is this blame, actually good, or do we not have? I blame Netflix. I blame Netflix for that. I agree because people are watching White Lotus while scroll, scrolling Twitter or their phone. That's what they so designed. Like, are you actually getting into Because yeah. when I actually sat down, I re- rewatched it and I was like, oh, it was, what, did we like this in the height of COVID when we were so thirsty for new content or is this actually good? And nobody could answer that question when I asked. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought about Squid Game, which I did like Squid Game. Um, yeah. But I think like I want another how- example of like you you just there's a hype machine that feeds it right like right I know but i also wonder like media how, helps feed it like right, there's but I also no wonder i wonder negative what, reviews of it right but i wonder like is was my reception of squid game so uh did i like it the, so much because of like what it was up against at the mm-hmm. time you know yeah. what i mean like yeah and like that's always going to be the case everything is contextual or right i get to the contemporary because i'm wondering if i return to squid game now would i feel the similar you know because i definitely feel like i would still enjoy it uh it's not something where i feel like i would i had a complete like i don't know like a wool over my eyes or nothing like that necessarily but i do kind of think that like given when that movie came out you know what i'm saying i mean movie it's not even a movie it's a series a show But when that show came out, like it was during a time when we were still pretty much locked down for the majority. I mean, a lot of like a lot of people were, I mean, some places were less than others. But mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Most people were inside. Um, people were just kind of starving for 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 content because, you know, what are you going to do with all this time now that you have? And uh, there wasn't a lot of good stuff new specifically. Um, well that's the other thing people don't want to rewatch stuff they want we constantly need newness which is something that i grapple with because i personally love rewatching things yeah. and you know kind of like figuring out whether i still like it or not and or even just watching old like things that i hadn't seen in like something like night moves where i was like oh i wonder like 
how this holds up or, you know, not in like a, oh, is this like still, is this cancelable today? Like just in a, you know, am I still going to like it? And I think, I don't know, it's really, and not that there aren't people out there, but like as somebody who watches a lot of things, I'm like, it's kind of like hard to talk to people who like everything. Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds so pretentious, but it's so hard because I'm like, really? Like there's so much, you could literally watch rewatch something old that's probably like a thousand like I have so many recommendations you don't need to watch whatever is on your home screen on HBO Max well that's the again that's I, I say I but you say have it. to because these days in order to be part of the conversation you need to be watching dragon that's why dragon watch, I'm gonna watch that Halloween movie I have I I, I don't want to but I'm going to yeah. <laughs> because I feel, I feel like I don't know I do feel like I, I do want to have a part of the conversation no that's what I mean like you could do that but I think when you only watch things because you need to be in the know of whatever is happening but you and like you automatically just take everything at face value because it's whatever is you know but the here's the thing though let me say this while I say that most things I I don't watch like like there will be big movies like I'm not going to watch that movie smile I don't I'm not going to watch no. it like, no. they're like it's the number one movie i don't care i know it's dumb like i haven't seen it and i know it's dumb <laughs> like and i'm not gonna yeah, pretend yeah, it's okay i'm not gonna pretend because again people and the people and that, that podcast was one i think that podcast was talking about that movie and again they were i i i, I believe the the word was excellent um i think there's excitement that a horror movie is it is that's what it was box. the excitement was it was an original ip and it's doing well at the box office it's doing well at the box office Okay, but that does not mean that it is. It's okay. It's a. This is the thing. I'm like, it's okay to like or to have B movie. Not everything needs to be, be right. Not everything needs to be like uh fucking you know award winning prestige highbrow right highbrow shit. Of course, like it, but, but I'm gonna go see. I'm gonna go see Ticket to Paradise. It's okay. I like wanna just turn my brain off and watch Julia Roberts. Like Listen. I can see that, and I could also see Triangle of Sadness, which by the way I'm predicting is gonna be is going to blow white lotus out the water when it comes to commentary on triangle shit, sadness right? triangle sadness yeah. yeah i saw the trailer again on the big screen last night i was like oh, i'm so excited are you excited for it i feel I'm like definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna watch it i mean i'm 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 kind of like do you like him yeah i mean yes i don't i'm trying to think of his other films that i really dug the square no i don't the square i still haven't watched the square oh that's the thing it's it's so um i'm gonna watch it all of his stuff i mean i liked uh uh force uh, majeure i liked yeah. force majeure force majeure i liked like i like yeah. i like the fact that like you know this guy abandoned I, I just, his family we need to, i know it sounds yeah it sounds <laughs> like it comes very back like, I love we do force need majeure. to support like there's not but that's what I'm saying, though. So, so we have to like, I want to watch like auteur driven movies, even if I don't think they're going to be good, because I do like literally from a funding perspective, that trailer came on and I was like, you see like the little like all the production companies. And this is classic European production where it's like there's 18 production companies, <laughs> there's 18 studios listed, yeah, <laughs> including yeah. Canal Plus, of course. But, you know, like and, you know, like it's just like it, I don't know. Like, yes, it's, it's, everyone's like, oh, it's like, I was listening to like, I think of like Vanity Fair and they're like, it's such a hard watch, but it's worth it. And it's like, yeah, it's okay to have hard watches, guys. Right. Yeah. That, but that's what, that's what, um, 
you know, uh, uh, pretentious uh, novelist. Um, what's this? Uh, who wrote uh, Freedom? What the fuck is his name? Um, Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look at my bookshelf like, like, yeah, Jonathan Franzen. No, uh, Jonathan Franzen was saying that about like, uh, I don't know. There was a conversation uh, about uh, David Foster Wallace and, mm. and, and himself in terms of like, uh, like, no, like there's something about like making difficult novels, like or having having writing stuff that is like difficult. Like it's a it's a serious novel because you know he takes himself seriously whatever but like like this idea of like a, a serious novel uh, a serious or a difficult read something that's not like going to it's the same thing with film right where where like there is something to be said about uh films that are difficult like you know what I mean like intentionally so um there's a there needs to be space for that like there needs to be at least I think. There yeah. needs to be space for, for those type of movies because I feel like we can't, it can't all be just. But this is what I mean, like, when I and I got I haven't seen it yet, but like, when I compare the white, when I make the White Lotus, and again, it sounds like I'm just shitting on White Lotus, but maybe it's just like, I just wanted it to be deeper, which I know sounds very vague, but I don't know how to explain it. It was just No, like, it doesn't sound vague at all. Wanting it to be, wanting to have depth, wanting the things. And everyone's like, oh, look at how, like, it's making fun of rich white people. I'm like, yeah, but you can do that in a more interesting way. Right. Like, I, I just, I, to me, it was very gimmicky the way it was executed. I feel like it is a very fair expectation for people to want to consume i hate that because word. it's fun and it's memeable and jennifer coolidge is goofy and it's that's the easy thing to tweet it's not the triangle of sadness like people yeah. arguing about capitalism on a boat like you know right. people yeah. don't want to talk about that well i liked the trailer i mean i didn't love it but i did like it and i like i said because he made force majeure i'm pretty much on board for yeah everything that he made i'm gonna go watch it and then come back and be like just kidding that was horrible no, i need kidding. to watch the, no, square. But it's not I good watch the square though i do need to watch square so. yeah the square the square is good um and that's the thing he doesn't really make a lot anyway we've yeah. like lost half the audience if whatever audience we have <laughs> okay so this is a good point to wrap it up uh I always what are you excited? last question what are you excited for i know you don't watch a lot of new things but what do you if if anything are you excited for anything coming out any form like film or television interesting um what am i excited for i don't know um the fablements just kidding the fablements the the, the spielberg movie about himself where he's like i'm so awesome <laughs> yeah i've heard his horror everyone everyone wants to make their own roma yeah but- I mean, I, I, I say that I say it's horrible. Maybe that's a little harsh because you know it is Spielberg at the end of the day. Yeah, Spielberg is let a very he's it. a very brilliant technician. Like you know what I'm saying? When, <laughs> like, for, all right. I, I think I, I opened up a can of words. What are you excited for? <laughs> uh, right, I gotta excited, go. I'm trying to really th- rattle off some movies that are coming out that you know of because I'm I'm thinking of I'm having a hard time thinking of upcoming new stuff yeah um i was excited for blonde but it's already out so it already okay. came out I no that's know. that's i think that answer i mean that's fairly new yeah. that's the thing what's coming out anymore like it's just on that's what i mean like i'm so like streaming. like i'll hear about movies that are like at at like festivals they're like on the horizon i'm like oh yeah. okay 
I'll make it a little easier. Um, mm -hmm. Are you excited for like a couple of like, I'm just like, ooh. Um, like this, I already know this is going to be one of those examples where everyone's going to be talking about this movie like it's sliced bread. Like the, the Knives Out sequel. No, I hate Knives Out. Okay, I think Knives thanks. Out, I think Knives Out is, is overrated. I think it's, I think it's a bad script. Uh, I think it's, Knives Out points to sort of what you're talking about. Huh? It's hack. Yeah, you're right. It's hack. Uh, but Knives Out is 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 what 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 you're talking about when you want more depth. Like Knives Out does this. For middle of the road, what what normally would be considered just like a good entertaining movie. Right. Is but what it is is it it does the, it's well it's competently directed in terms mm -hmm. of like like Ryan Johnson knows how to move a camera. Ryan Johnson knows the technical <laughs> aspects of filmmaking. It's you're look so rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. He has it has it has an adequate budget. It has yeah, a, but the girls are like losing their shit. But here's the thing though, it has a cast that literally the aesthetics of the movie blind the average audience film goer. Like it's all sizzle and no steak. Like when you really listen, like you know, and that is a movie examples of stars. You know, starry cast that don't okay like something like amsterdam i'm like no what's it with the new david o russell movie that's breaking that's right amsterdam yeah like that's doing bad right it's getting ravaged too right like, i don't i look at that, that trailer like, 50 times this year and i cannot tell you what i can't tell about. you what it's about it doesn't look good not that like you have to know but like it's just it looks so cobbled together also i keep confusing it with babylon the other Margot Robbie movie, like I cannot tell you the difference between those two trailers. But it's also um, it's also the cast that he assembled too, where it's like, yeah. do I need to see? Oh, all let's these put a bunch of famous people in a movie, and then right. it's like, do I need to see all these people in the same movie? Like, really? I really think about it. like you really don't. Also, Denzel Washington, like you mean his son? <laughs> no, 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 Denzel. Oh, oh. Denzel Washington is get, should get a Father of the Century trophy because. Isaiah Washington is his whole career is built on his whole career. Like I'm like, I, yo, Denzel is so good. He is so have, good. That okay, that's another thing. I said good. I said John David Washington was actively bad in in Tenet, and people like bit my head off. You can't because he you can't again. Then, no, this is the thing. They were like, no, but he's supposed to be wooden. He's wooden everything. <laughs> I was like, he's supposed to be wooden. Now, now we're arguing that that's he's wooden. To be he's wooden in that awful uh, Malcolm and Marie movie that was terrible. He's wooden. In, he's wooden in everything. So like, and he's this wooden is, in Black Klansman, but no one wants to have that conversation. I don't like Black Klansman. I love Spike Lee, but Spike Lee's got some stinkers in him for sure. Uh, that's okay. You know, but I do love Spike. I got love it's for Spike. It's funny that that ended up being the, his like critical. Yeah, Spike yeah. always has some neoliberal bullshit in his movies too that I just have to overlook. Okay, are you excited for <laughs> this? Is a controversial one because yeah. I am hesitant to be excited, but I, I have, I have, I'm ramping myself up. The Banshees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin McDonough okay. because Martin yeah. McDonough doing shit in Ireland. That's I all I want to see. All I want. With Colin Farrell. I, all uh, I yeah, yeah, like. McDonough, McDonough can't miss in Ireland, dog. Like he can miss over here as he has. I, some of us have been waiting for a Colin Farrell Renaissance. What are we yeah. what are we coining the Colin Farrell Renaissance? Like Ferris uh, Farrell Sons. The for, <laughs> for like 10 years, like since in Bruges. So 
Yeah, I've, so I've I, I lo- first of all, I I love I I'm a big Martin McDonough stand low key like. I do think that his American efforts, like I really don't like. That's what it is. I have a problem with that billboards movie. Yeah, no, I really you. don't like it. Like I don't. No. I don't think he understood. He does, and I know it's like it. It got convoluted. It got mm-hmm. baked into the can, like the whatever. Like he doesn't like, understand Missouri culture, but like, I don't think he understands like the. Not to say you can't make a movie about american culture if you're not american but like i just was like i was watching i'm like who is this for like i don't understand. yeah it's, it's a lot it's a thing where it's like he doesn't get sort of like the not only does he get like america but like he doesn't understand like the midwest specific that's what i mean the specific, yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't it's even a, understand the midwest. It's a totally different thing it's like me trying to go over to where ireland and write about like irish people from like you know yeah outside yeah. of stick, like stick to europe right it's, it's, we'll, it's, we'll it's, love it's, you and I heard he really like I I've heard this from friends who just saw some screenings. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very well done. So it's actually, really... I'm excited. So you get you you're right because you not just... from critics like friends who just happened because it's at New York Film Festival right now. Yeah. So I heard it's just like there's a couple scenes where it really hits. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from the performance. Well, I'm glad you named that because that was one I'm that's one I'm excited for, and I've totally, See, I totally that's I what I mean. Away. There's some. I know as much. I'm excited as for the new McDonald's. We like to shit on yeah. things. I think there's some exciting new. So things. yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. I definitely feel like, because I was literally having a conversation with somebody about this a couple of years ago, where I was like, "Please let McDonough go back to doing stories about like." Oh. It's not letting him. He he want. He's doing. I mean, what he yeah, wants. yeah, yeah. I, but I say let. I don't mean like. Yeah, yeah, no, like push like, him back into like, it. Let him like, you know. Let him do that. Let him come yeah. to that realization himself. Well, I was joking. I was like, maybe this will redeem him, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, he's he's Francis already- McDormand, stay away from her. Right. He's already, but here's the thing about him though. Like, I'm I'm I I actually like read his plays. Like as a playwright, yeah. Yeah, I like like his him. plays. Like I like yeah. his his last one. Uh, I like Hangman. I like the other one. I have it on my show. I gotta read. Them. I wish they would. I wish they would put them on. Like I would love to watch. Yeah, I would love to see his his plays live too. But like I, I like he only does London, right? I believe. Right. He did the. He did well. Didn't he do the the Shakespeare the joint? The the, the uh, Broadway. The shake no, but like literally the theater that Shakespeare play plays. Oh, the Globe. The Globe or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, yeah. Like he's done plays there, but like yeah, I I, I like McDonough as a singular sort of voice. Uh, I just feel like his move into movies, he got attracted to like Hollywood. Obviously, you know. I yeah. mean, the guy won an Oscar for a short. Like you know what I'm saying? You know, which doesn't mean anything because. I mean, it's so just many- to me, it's always so sad when it's like, oh, like the, it was the three billboards that ended up being the breakthrough. Because to me, I think In Bruges is a In Bruges, movie. yeah, unimpeachable, unimpeachable. So right. I'm hoping this will be. That's why. That's what I mean, like by this being a yeah. comeback yeah. or whatever. And Oscar, I say that I say that when he got an Oscar for a short, when Oscar, when when that sort of still meant something, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. anybody because that like, used to be a launch pad for right, like, right. It, 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 any every look who the people who have Oscars. Quest Love got an Oscar for a horrible short. Um, uh, the guy, um, what's his name, Riz Ahmed? Yeah, the dude. The like, dude, yeah, what's the dude with the sh- the movie, the short with Joey Badass? Like, like it's hard. It's like they're just they just people are Oscars. talking about Taylor Swift getting one for her. You probably will. Like, who cares? They just give them out. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, the popularity contest. Yeah, it's just they don't mean anything. They're not is, okay. I have a question about this because I always hear that. 
that because you know it's like with the academy like the, you're those voters are people who like they're the I don't know I guess direct like each section is voting for so it's, it's supposed like, to be your it's supposed to be a, of your peers in theory right well no I mean like okay it's like you know the, for example cinematography is voted by cinematographers which makes yeah. sense because they know what they're doing but like right. with shorts like I wonder I gotta look this up but I wonder like is it just because it's like I mean, the campaigns obviously play a role, and most people, oh, yeah. let's face it, most people aren't watching shorts and documentaries, really, no, so no, they're just going it. with whatever is in front of them. Yeah, it's a whole convoluted, like, process of 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 backdoor, sort of, like, obviously, you have to have money to campaign, for one. Mm -hmm. It's the whole, like, it's- But a this is where, like, festival, you know- releases should be really getting pushes right like i know yeah. a documentary that's the case especially because documentaries are so hot right now but you know like and to be fair like as much as we should on the oscars like that is how the majority of people are discovering these things so to me it's really annoying when it's like oh look at the like latest you know taylor swift video music video that's being considered or submitted as a short it's like you don't need that platform. You just want to. Right. It's like, well, I look at it like, like when, 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 when you had uh, Will Smith win, it was like predetermined he was going to win. Like, like that was from the, before the movie was even like out, they were like, yeah, this is the one Will's going to get an Oscar for. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's that they can gamify. Been for Ali. Right. They can gamify it that, that, that way though, where it's like. Oh, they, no, you know there's I mean? a whole cottage industry dedicated. And it's not even to say that his performance in that movie was bad or what, because it wasn't, but like, it's just like the fact that like, that can be a plan that's executed and, and successful just kind of shows you how how much of a like it is really not it it's not right. really about necessarily a film that said colin farrell best actor i'm launching the campaign today i don't care i've not seen the movie it's happening <laughs> no but i've heard i've literally heard like that's how good he is well so I, I believe it i would i believe it i feel like it's i if if you told me like we're if it's the oscars came up next this kind next year and we're like uh yeah, Colin Farrell's gonna get nominated for mm -hmm. for for Banshee. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be dope. Uh, especially because like, there's really I think this year like there's really not that many actor like just because all the movies we're talking about like there's it's very like actress heavy, but like there's really not that many. I mean, it's like him, Brendan Fraser. Oh, speaking because of we're we're approaching that season now. Now I think about it, right? We're about to be a January, February. Yeah. So, and he it comes out what this month so yeah he'll be in the yeah. top i would expect yeah i expect him to be in the in the running oh no he's being he's being talked about i just mean like there's not he doesn't have a lot of competition it sounds like yeah because, i'm i'm like really brendan frazier but you know how this works though gabriella like they start oh, dumping no, all these movies at the very end you know yeah. what i mean no this is all being rolled out very meticulously yeah but um, like, you, we're about we're about to get inundated with a bunch of movies now like toward the end toward the end of this year so that like they can try and be eligible geez. for this for this Oscar shit, because I feel like Triangle of Sadness will be a movie that will be in there, potentially. Uh, taste. I'm just kidding. That movie that you love, uh, that Olivia Wilde just directed. Oh my! Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's wrap up. Um, well, uh, thank on that, you. On so that note, for... on that note, uh, I don't even want to get into any Olivia Wilde discourse at all. I can't either. So thank you for coming on, Gabriella. Uh, feel free to plug anything that you want people to know about at this point and yeah no nothing really to plug I mean I guess if you really want more you know memes and things to what literally the only thing I tweet is just like a movie I'm watching with the plain emoji next to it um 
and yeah, you could follow me. It's Gabriella, Gabriella is verified. She's not a blue check. That's the difference. She's very, I'm verified, but I'm not a blue, no check. blue check. One day I'm going to coin a term for that. <laughs> There's a very distinctive, um, I, at one point I tried to get unverified because the connotation was very uncool. It's actually kind of hard. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I hope that you stay verified and, and never become a blue check. And uh, thank you. And thank you for coming on. And as always, I don't know how to end okay. podcast, so Bye. so it's over. Okay. <laughs> I got all the plans for you. If I take all of these ends, would you cancel all your plans? I got I got all the plans for you.